This is the Liberty NZ Breakfast. Over the years, a lot of people have been critical of me for ridiculing public figures and laughing at conventions that a lot of people hold dear. And I admit I'm probably guilty of that. You see, I believe that there's nothing in the human condition that isn't funny. And I mean everything, from birth to death and everything in between. The reason I feel that is that I believe humour, which is most important in life, is a safety valve, a social safety valve that allows us to cope with things that we're afraid of, that we can't understand, in many cases that we are terrified of. For instance, a lot of people are afraid of Muslims and make jokes about them, in private, of course. To do so publicly would attract some unwelcome attention. But look at the reverse. I would much rather that someone laughed at me and laughed heartily than blow my house up. It's almost impossible to make your first million dollars. It, you work your ass off. It's, it's so hard. And what it really takes to do is to have the discipline of not buying shit you don't need. To make that first mill is you got to invest it. market's going to make you 8%. And then I thought, well, my sights are on five. It's going to be impossible. It wasn't as hard to get to five as it was to one. Then 50 was my next goal. I said, if I can get to five, why can't I get to 50? This may sound insane, but to get to 50, you just have to love what you're doing. Once you're an entrepreneur and you're building a business and you're at it every day, I woke up one day and went, shit, there it is. Hmm. And then the Hunsky is your next one. You know, it's Hunsky. Sort of, it's sort of like... Savage. And then there comes a point where, well, I don't need any more money. This is good. I need more time. Because the whole deal, the reason you work your ass off is to be free. That's the whole point. When the infamous Goldstone Report excoriated Israel and exonerated Hamas, UN Watch fought the report and changed the debate. I'm the former commander of British forces in Afghanistan. I served with NATO and the United Nations, commanded troops in Northern Ireland, Bosnia and Macedonia, and participated in the Gulf War. Mr. President, based on my knowledge and experience, I can say this. During Operation Cast Lead, the Israeli Defence Forces did more to safeguard the rights of civilians in a combat zone than any other army in the history of warfare. When Colonel Kemp's speech went viral, UN Watch continued to campaign against the Goldstone Report and Judge Goldstone retracted. hour go to episodes at tntradio.live now tnt radio news for tnt radio news this is james o'neill king charles iii made his first address to parliamentarians as monarch he said his government was focused on increasing economic growth and easing the cost of living crisis the speech of westminster outlined the government's priorities for the new parliamentary session Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has vowed to deliver a final crackdown on migration, promising to deliver his long-awaited Rwanda migration scheme. Giving an introduction to the King's speech, the Prime Minister said the government is tackling global drivers of instability by taking action home and abroad to stop the boats and break the business model of people smugglers. 
Sunak acknowledged that tackling the small boats crisis is a top priority of the British people, promising to deliver on the government's Illegal Migration Act. King Charles. My government will deliver on the Illegal Migration Act passed earlier this year and on international agreements to stop dangerous and illegal channel crossings and ensure it is the government, not criminal gangs, who decides who comes to this country. Russia on Tuesday formally withdrew from the landmark security treaty, which limited key categories of conventional armed forces, blaming the United States for undermining post-Cold War security with the enlargement of the NATO military alliance. The 1990 Treaty on Conventional Armed Forces in Europe, signed a year after the fall of the Berlin Wall, placed verifiable limits on categories of conventional military equipment that NATO and then Warsaw Pact could deploy. The treaty was designed to prevent either side of the Cold War from amassing forces for a swift offensive against the other in Europe, but was unpopular in Moscow as it blunted the Soviet Union's advantage in conventional weapons. Former Obama's senior advisor and CNN contributor David Axelrod joined CNN this morning on Monday to discuss whether President Joe Biden should stay in the 2024 race after recent polls showed the incumbent struggling in key battleground states against former President Donald Trump. And the question is, uh, do you add a campaign to that? And what's your ability to do all those things at the same time? well and and how does that contribute to people's concerns that are expressed in this poll polling numbers i should point out we we had lousy polling numbers at this time in our campaign in 2011 when i was working for barack obama and uh we overcame those numbers uh and we won but the two things that are different are that obama was 50 and not 81 and uh, and uh we didn't have donald trump on the other side Russia's permanent representative to the United Nations, Vasily Nebenzia, told an emergency special session of the U.N. General Assembly last Wednesday that Israel does not have the right to cite self-defense as justification for its military operations in Gaza because it's an occupying power. TNT Radio's Patrick Henningsen calls it the strongest statement yet by a major diplomat. As far as the international community goes, this is the strongest, most stern statement yet issued by a major diplomat. This is the permanent representative to the United Nations from Russia, Vasily Nabenzia, and he's basically saying no, according to international law, Israel does not have the right to defend itself, or more aptly, they can't use the right of defending themselves as a justification for unleashing their operation in Gaza, which now entails systematic ethnic cleansing and, quite frankly, genocide, according to major human rights officials at the UN. But when looking closely, international law does give Palestinians the right to defend themselves. And why? Because they are the occupied people. And Israel does not have the right to defend itself because it is the occupier. This was all set out in a ruling by the International Courts of Justice in 2004, so it's enshrined in international law. For TNT Radio, this is Patrick Henningsen. Ah, you'll be happy about that, won't you, Patrick? Good morning, Grant Edwards here on the Liberty NZ Breakfast here till 7 o'clock. Lord willing, let's hope I make it. i better get a coffee down me before I uh, fall asleep completely. I'll be back in a tick. We've got Pearl here lined up, right, ready on the turntable, and I'll be back with weather in just a moment. Women will lie about her appearance, will lie about our body count, will lie about, we'll lie about damn near everything. But we can't lie to help our husbands save. 
safe face. That's the crazy thing. We'll have like a pound of makeup, Botox, all this bullshit. And yet she can't just say, you know, yes, my husband is the best. A lot of you don't understand why Trump was so popular, but I, I get it because I hear it every day. He's very loved. And the reason he's loved is because people in Ohio have never seen somebody like him. He's what I call an honest liar. That first debate. I've never seen a white male billionaire screaming at the top of his lungs. This whole system is rigged, he said. And across the stage was a white woman, Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, sitting over there looking at him like, no, it's not. I said, now, wait a minute, bro. It's what he said. And the moderator said, well, Mr. Trump, if in fact the system is rigged, what would be your evidence? Remember what he said, bro? He said, I know the system is rigged because I use it. I said, God damn. And then Hillary Clinton tried to punch him in the taxes. She said, this man doesn't pay his taxes. He shot right back. That makes me smart. And then he said, if you want me to pay my taxes, then change the tax code. But I know you won't because your friends and your donors enjoy the same tax breaks that I do. And with that, my friends, the star was born. Oh, there you are. It certainly is. A star is born seven minutes past five, and that was Dave Chappelle. Of course, none other. Fantastic. Like that guy. They all swear a bit too much for my liking, though, but apart from that, they're good. Good value. A few swear words here and there. I use a few, what some people would term swear words, words like piss and bastard. I use those, but I only use them because I feel I can get away with it because they are Bible words. Bloody piss and um, what's the other one? probably get banned on YouTube for <laughs> bloody piss and bastard yes those those are biblical words I think there's one that says something about uh, all those that pisseth up against the wall I mean that's where the word piss came from actually from the Bible from the King James Bible and did you know this that um, Webster Webster used the King James Bible the 1611 text of the Protestant Reformation used that to to um, together to put together the meanings of words for the Webster's dictionary you didn't yeah, well, it's true. All right, let's look at the uh, extremes, shall we? Shall I do a character voice all morning? I don't know if I could keep that up. Well, give it a try for a while and see how we go, okay? I used to do one called Digger, actually. <laughs> a very deep voice. G'day, Stigger here. I did that with Mark Bennett on The Breakfast Show. I was a cleaner, actually, and I'd come in from time to time, and they had a newsreader there. Her name was Mary Jane. I've just got to get into character. Yeah, uh, Her name was Mary Jane Tomasi. And uh, she's quite a nice Sheila from down in Harry Harry, down down on the west coast. Anyway, she came to work. She was a bit of a, she was quite nice looking actually, and also she was um, a bit um, you know cut above the rest. Whereas we were just you know common folk up in Auckland. She from Harry Harry. Very in appearance, they owned a very flash hotel down in Harry Harry. No, I can't keep it up. <clears throat> I can't keep it up. I have to have a slurp of coffee. All right, let's go to the extremes, first of all, for the country, for New Zealand, for uh, Whangarei. Yes, Whangarei, 12.6. It's the uh, the warmest in the whole country. It's a cold day today. Cold as a barmaid's kiss, my friend John Purchase used to say, and my mother used to say it's as cold as charity. Uh <laughs> The, the, oh gosh, I'm sorry, I'm popping into my mic, I'll have to move it away. All right, here we go, Waiuru, 4.6 degrees is the coldest place, which is not too bad, is it, compared to some of the some of the temperatures we've been having. Did you know, here's an interesting thing, back in June, the coldest temperature recorded uh, on the breakfast show here, uh, courtesy of Met Service, was minus 9.7 in a place called Omarama, which is in the Mackenzie country in the South Island. That was the coldest, and it got around, it was hovering around, you know, sort of well under, well under zero degrees. That's pretty cold, actually. That's sort of American sort of, you know, North Pole sort of stuff. Oh, not quite that cold, but, you know, it's pretty cold. Um, Castle Point's the windiest they've 
I've got 50 kilometres of wind, which is only about 20-something knots, isn't it? You know, with a gusting up to 35, I suppose. Uh, the wettest place is Gisborne, 5.9 millimetres. They're falling out on the east coast of the North Island. And uh, let's have a look now at the short forecast, shall we? Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Okay, so Northland. I could do I, I could do character. Well, you can read the weather, Digger, all right? No, no, you go ahead. All right, I'll go ahead. Uh, Northland, showers becoming isolated this morning. Auckland, Waikato, Coromandel Peninsula and the Bay of Plenty. What about just the whole of Coromandel? Why, the, why just the peninsula? I don't know why. It's not that big an area, is it? Well, anyway, Peninsula Bay of Plenty. Scattered rain or showers clearing this morning and then mainly fine weather. However, isolated afternoon and evening showers for the Bay of Plenty, possibly thundery storms as well. <laughs> for Gisborne and Northern Hawke's Bay, you've got a period of heavy rain this morning and then you've got fine spells and isolated showers, so that's not too bad. Whew, thank goodness for that. We've had far too much rain. Everyone's complaining about all the rain. All the farmers up uh, you know, up where I'm from, they are complaining. Way too much rain. We need some fine weather without some rain. We need some warmth to get that grass growing and um, you know some of them some of the farmers have to do other things like contracting and stuff like that and so all the haymakings is not going very well at all um, now what have we got here now for the remainder of Hawke's Bay also for Waitomo to Wellington and the Wairarapa including the central high country cloudy at times isolated showers becoming confined to the Manawatu and Taihapi this morning Marlborough, Nelson and Buller, scattered showers mainly in the afternoon with some heavy and possibly thundery storms thundery <laughs> falls Oh, they don't say that now, I just thought I'd add it in. Thunderstorms are possible in Buller and Nelson. For Westland, Fiordland, Canterbury, morning cloud, and then fine, apart from showers about the high country. For Otago to Southland, oh, well, yeah, uh, cloudy periods with a few showers. And finally, for the Chatham Islands, rain easing tonight. It's 12 past five. Let's look at the extended forecast. Well, tomorrow is Thursday, isn't it? Yes, it is. I don't know why they'd missed that out all week. They miss out the day. Uh, oh, anyway. Okay, so for Thursday, North Island cloudy periods and a few showers in the east and south, mainly fine elsewhere with isolated showers, mainly in the afternoon and evening, though. In the South Island tomorrow, you've got showers in the south, easing fine spells everywhere else, and just with isolated showers, especially afternoon and evening, maybe some of them might be heavy. On Friday, just before the weekend, you can have your fish and chips on Friday night. On uh, Yes, in North Island, a few showers easing clearing later uh showers in the east i should say i make up words <laughs> mainly fine elsewhere apart from the odd shower in the north for the south island fine in the south this is tomorrow a friday day after tomorrow fine spells elsewhere with isolated showers mainly during the afternoon saturday for the weekend what's it going to be i don't know your guess is as good as mine because i haven't read any of this uh for the north island generally fine a few cloudy areas in, in the west with a chance of a shower for the South Island on Saturday. Fine in the east. Cloudy periods developing in the west with the odd shower. And for the Chathams, your long-range forecast. There's wonderful people out there in the Chathams. There's places, places, uh, friends of mine have told me what it's, that it's fantastic over there. The people are lovely. I've never been, but I want to go. I might get my son to sail me over there. He's, he's, he's going to be a master mariner one day. He's, um, I think he's almost ready to go for his second officer foreign going, so that'll be Great, and uh, he can, and he's got a little boat, a thirty footer. I don't know if I want to go to the Chathams in his thirty footer, although it is pretty good, pretty seaworthy. We had a good sail up the coast there one year, 
a while back and a uh, lot of fun actually sailed really well to windward so kind of even though she's a bit of an old boat um he likes it it's fiberglass you know you don't have to worry about the wood rotting and that sort of stuff just got to watch the keel doesn't fall off i suppose and uh, yes that wouldn't be too good if i was going to um going on a round the world voyage i don't know i wouldn't touch one of those modern ones wouldn't touch a benito or anything like that with a bolt on keel no way i would go for a good old you know a blue water boat something like a perry design um, what else would I go for? Oh, Hans, Hans Christian, Hans or Hans, they are fantastic. The one I really liked years ago, I, I went over to California to buy one actually, and put a deposit down on one, took it on the sea trial, and I don't know something about uh, something. I, I, I don't, should have bought that boat actually. Beautiful boat. It was a night. It was a forty-three footer. Actually, was came out to about all oh, fifty something, nearly over fifty feet. I think it was with the bowsprit, but that was forty-three on deck big long bowsprit that's the only trouble isn't it you've got to pay for that big pointy thing at the front when you're in the marina there's there's one actually oh anyway i was going to sail it across the pacific with the wife and kids you know before she ran off with the real estate agent <laughs> 15 minutes past and uh yes i'll get my son to sail me over there one day if i as long as i don't say anything naughty about his mother she oh she's lovely she's a lovely mother she's wonderful she was okay now we'll be back with some weather uh no we done weather we'll be back with radio new zealand news in just one moment i'll be back with you here's joe rogan if i had a guess biden steps down due to a variety of reasons health reasons age she can't do it anymore and then the corruption the massive amounts of crime. It depends on how far the Republicans pursue this yeah. and how much traction they get. But the massive amount of corruption that's available. I feel like if this was Trump that was in office, every single newspaper would be talking about it nonstop. They'd be screaming for him to be removed from office. I don't disagree. Uh, I don't disagree. How they get away with it now when you're hearing everybody from the other say how they're weaponizing the justice system to eliminate a candidate. Uh, I don't know if you're following what Vivek said yesterday. He came out and says, look, I want to compete against Trump, but not by using some like this and what they're doing on the other side. All I'm saying is if Newsom shows that he's being respectful of Biden, because what is your theory of why DeSantis is not having momentum? What do you think about when you think about this? Trump. He doesn't have the personality. I don't. I just don't think he can compete with Trump. Oh, I don't think anyone could compete with Trump. They've all sort of fallen away, haven't they? Well, who was that now? Uh, years, uh, what? Not years ago, months ago. I heard on the Leighton Smith program on his podcast there was a guy. I can't remember who he had on, but he, he said that they'd, they'd Trump and. Um, Who's the governor? Uh, DeSantis had done a deal that DeSantis would not run against Trump. Well, you know, he hasn't got a hope, has he, against Trump? No one's got a hope against him, except for Joe Biden. <laughs> you wouldn't believe the polls. I can't believe that old man is up there like that. I mean, he's like, like walking dead next to Trump, sort of just like alive, isn't he? A live wire. But anyway, apparently DeSantis and Trump had um, made, made a private deal. Now, this was way back. Or would have been probably April, May, round about then this year on the Leighton Smith podcast. He had this guy and he said that Trump was uh, going to uh, ask DeSantis to be his running mate. So he would end up being, um, you know, second in command, wouldn't he? But he didn't do it. He went ahead. So I don't know where he got that information from. So that's all turned to custard. 17 past five. Let's look at the front page of Radio New Zealand uh, news. Now, rnz.co.nz. And the big news story there is the man says that he checked the house was safe on the night his partner was killed. That's the partner of Angela Blackmore. He's told the High Court in Christchurch yesterday that the night she was killed was the first night she'd spent without another adult in the house. 
she was a bit worried about that. She always had a feeling. I think she was not letting on to him uh, what was really happening there. There was some interesting things going on. Also, the uh, the, the jolly pink-haired beach whale is back in the news again. She's um, she's going on about um, misogynist men, you know, and all this violent vi- threats of violence against was absolute bullshit. <laughs> and um, she said that people were calling for her execution. Yes, but what she, she omitted to say was that people were calling for a, a judicial execution. I mean, that would be what you would do, wouldn't you, if that's what they did after Nuremberg, when they found that people were experimenting on people, giving them in, in you know medical procedures that uh, they shouldn't have been doing. And we've got this thing called the, the Nuremberg Code now, which New Zealand pretends they haven't got anything to do with. But according to Vera Sharav, Every country in the world has to come under that. But, of course, those laws and the Bill of Rights, New Zealand 1990 Bill of Rights, they call it the BORA, the Bill of Rights Act, and that uh, that was just the driven, r- driven roughshod over, just like galloping over that. And so none of it, we had in, no rights at all. And in there, it's pretty clear you're not allowed to um, be experimented upon. And that's exactly what this thing is, This which I can't say because I'm going out on YouTube and YouTube will cut me off. But you know what I mean, you know, the Jovid and, uh, you know, the Jackine. And uh, so we're not allowed to talk about it. But uh, And we're still not allowed to talk about it. It's just absolutely nuts. And so this is the suppression that, that the, you know, the media have put on us through the government, through the FBI. Or whoever it is, I think it is. I think basically the FBI were running Twitter, according to Elon Musk. It was their little sort of, a, you know, and also Facebook as well. And the government, did you know the government have tools that they can go, that they actually can operate and take take out posts and they can hide them? They call it shadow banding. Our government can do that. Every government every, in the West. Anyway, Susie Wiles, she takes the court, to, she takes Auckland University to court, not the court to court. She's taken her employer to court over what she claims is a failure to protect her during the threats she received. Oh, rubbish, she didn't receive any threats. She just had people giving her a bit of slap. I mean, look at you. Look, first of all, you can lose about 40 pounds. <laughs> Oh, a good, I would say 40 kgs. You'd need to get off that one there, you big blubbery thing. Uh, and the pink hair, what's that all about? <laughs> You're going to ask for some trouble. But apparently, you know, that's misogynistic violence. You know, even if you just speak something like that, that's violence. But what about what they do with their character assassinations? They're worse than me. I'll tell you what, she gets, she deserves all she gets because he, she was saying, stay home. You've got to stay home. And, you know, and even the employer, he said to her, you know, they said to her, you know, perhaps you should just limit it to once a week. You know, she's supposed to be there teaching you know it's a it's a tax job we we taxpayers pay for the Auckland University and she's there supposed to be teaching young people instead uh, that half the teachers there are busy indoctrinating them with Marxist garbage you know which is basically just communist nonsense anyway that's Susie Wiles we'll have a look at those ones later right now we'll just go, go across the front pages of the fake stream media and see what they're dishing up capital gains tax now we're over to Chris Hipkins this is a in politics and money um, and it says capital gains tax is back on the table for Labour. Gosh, they'd, they'd have to be nutcases, wouldn't they? They have to be absolutely mad. No one wants to pay, work hard all their life, pay their taxes, and then go out and buy something for their retirement. They have to, only to be, have it taxed instead of being able to give it to your children. That's just typical of Labour. We talk, speaking like that means that you're never, you're, I, I would say that it'll take them 20 years to recover from this. Uh, if we last that long, if the Lord Jesus Christ doesn't come back and rescue all the all the good people, well, I don't know if we're good, but we certainly um, we've put our trust in Him instead of put our trust in ourselves, and we certainly don't put our trust in any government, not because we know where it's all heading. It's all heading towards 
a one-world dictatorship, and uh, that's what all that climate change stuff is all about. They've got to finance the one-world government somehow, and they're going to get it from us. We always pay, don't we, ordinary New Zealanders and ordinary folk from all around the Western world, uh, that we are the ones that pay. And right now they're busy trying to destroy the West because they want to bring in this great reset, which is really basically just a new world order crash the economy, put mark everybody with a chip because you can lose your card, you can lose your phone. So, you know, that's just a temporary measure. They'll be putting a chip, but it'll be a medicating chip as well. So it'll keep you sort of docile. <laughs> you just go to work, you just walk to work. You know, it won't be able to ride and drive in your car. Petrol will be outlawed, diesel will be outlawed, and um, no one will be able to afford electric. We won't have the infrastructure for electric anyway. We don't have it. And there'll be the only people with electric cars will be people as rich as Elon Musk. Uh, anyway, so according to, in 2020, the tax, the, the party's tax policy could look quite different. Well, I would, this is according to Hipkins. And, oh, goodness me, look what's going on here. Electoral Commission, hundreds of votes allocated wrongly, according to the Electoral Commission. They say that hundreds of these votes at three booths were wrongly allocated to fringe parties. Now, fancy calling it a fringe party. That's typical of the left. You know, they call, they're just minor parties, but they have to call them fringe. You know, it looks like a fringe. It's, it's not a, that's a derogatory term to, um, you know, hard-working New Zealanders that are disenchanted with the the main main political parties because they know they're all globalist-controlled and they want to start their own. And we'll look at that one in a bit more detail as well. Uh, so we've got Angela Blackmore. Apparently, she the, in the murder trial, this was yesterday or the day before, um, the accused arranged for, uh, for murder with a $10,000 promise, according to the Crown Prosecutor, Angela Blackmore murder. Two of them are being, are being accused, two blokes. We'll have a look look at that. One of them's her partner, I think. But the one that actually did the, did the deed and killed her, and she was pregnant, can you believe? And she had a young child. It's just disgraceful how people could... How could people do that? They must be demonically possessed, possessed with devils. And they obviously don't believe that God is watching every move they make, every thought they have. And one day they'll have to stand a trial, actually, uh, at the Great White Throne Judgment they'll have to answer for their sins and uh, it's not going to bode well for them especially if you got anyone that goes to the great white throne judgment which can't come for at least another thousand and seven years we've got the seven year tribulation period which is spoken of in the bible and then after that we've got the um uh, when the Lord returns to set up his millennial kingdom it's going to be a theocracy and some of you won't like it there won't be any homosexuals <laughs> oh no, no, we won't be able to do that. So you'll have to get yourself right, and um, you know, get yourself right because there won't be any of that. There won't be any. There'll be no sin in the whole world because the devil himself will be chained, and the false prophet and all those other horrible creatures, and the, and the antichrist is going to be sort of slaughtered on the battlefield of Medigo, just in the northern Israel. That's why Israel's in the big news at the moment because that's where the end time battle is before the Lord returns. And apparently, according to the Bible, if he didn't return, no flesh would be saved that we'd wipe each other out so the red army is going to come across the river euphrates which is going to dry up starting to dry up now i heard earlier in the year starting to dry up so they're going to come through with a, an army men at arms the red army they'll be the the king of the the, uh, the king of the east and they'll be yes the shemites they're going to be at arms 200 million men the bible talks about and so they'll be coming across the king of the north's probably going to be russia i would think and the king of the south will be the northern african muslim countries they'll be attacking the western alliance which be run by the antichrist yes folks 
we are the baddies. <laughs> We're on his side. So all the wealth of Rome uh, and all the wealth of uh, actually Babylon, that wealth came down through the Medo-Persian empires down into the Grecian empire. And then when Greece fell to the Romans, uh, all that wealth of Babylon came into the Roman empire, split up into two, which is symbolizing the two legs of the image that Nebuchadnezzar, the dream that he had that he couldn't remember, that Daniel, the prophet, uh, told him his dream. And it's telling us what history is going to be like. So if you want to know about history, just look in the Bible. It's the best history book there is. And it's perfect at the word level. And then anyway, then there's going to be 10 kingdoms, not 10 nations, not 10 countries, not 10 states, but 10 kingdoms. And those, they are going to be made of, they're going to be from the revived Roman Empire and also some weaker ones. And it's made of iron iron from the Roman Empire and clay and they don't mix together very well but they need a leader so three of these kingdoms are going to be pulled out roots and all leading seven and then a little horn's going to arise and if you just get the book of Revelation and the book of Daniel and you read them together and study them like I've done for years decades uh, then you'll get an understanding you have to read the two together to get a full full understanding the full tapestry of what's what coming events there are a lot of people look at um, Matthew 24 and say look this is, you know, this is what's going to happen. But to it, Jesus was talking. He wasn't talking to the Gentiles there. He was talking. We've got to remember that the dispensation is a Bible word, and we're in the dispensation of grace, which is for the Gentiles. But he was speaking to the Jews then in Matthew 24, and so that's something you've got to remember. Uh, and uh, the Bible's pretty clear. Um, Paul makes it very clear that the Lord is going to return in the air. He's not going to step foot on the Mount of Olives. Not yet, not until the end of the tribulation period, but he's going to step foot then. But prior to that, he's going to meet the saints. That's all those that believe that Jesus Christ came to earth in human form. The image of God came to earth and laid down. He lived a perfect life as a carpenter and then started um, started, uh, you know, trying to, to uh, convince and persuade the men. Uh, of and women, all the people of Israel, uh, but they rejected him as their Messiah. Even though they had Isaiah 53, they had Psalms 22, they couldn't see it. They, for some reason, they were veiled, and I'm pleased they are. But, but because of their unbelief, it means that we Gentiles, nations right throughout the world, uh, can receive the gospel, which is simply this, found in First Corinthians chapter 15. It says, "It says, and this is the gospel. This is Paul speaking. Actually, it's the Holy Spirit speaking through." Paul, it says that, um, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, it says that we have to believe that Jesus Christ, this is the gospel, that Jesus Christ uh, died, uh, he was buried, and he rose again three days later, according to scripture. That is the gospel. That's all there is. You don't have to get baptized. The thief on the cross, he didn't have time to jump off the cross and get baptized, did he? They believed and were baptized. Baptism is, a, is a, like a church. A church just means the people, the congregation, uh, the, the ones that believe in their Savior, Jesus Christ, the captain of our salvation. He's the one that gets us through. No good putting your trust in men or churches or anything else, but, you know, church buildings or organizations, really. Um, but the church is actually just the people that make up the believers the true church, not the Roman Catholic Church, not all the other false cults, and uh, certainly not. And uh, it's just that they've come from all walks of life, and people will be saved that you would hardly think, you know, the, the least likely, but they'll be saved because of their inward faith, their faith that they believe that Jesus Christ, the um, the creator of heaven and earth came to earth in human form and laid down his life for us, for our sins, and he died on that cross. He wasn't revived. 
he died and he rose again three days later, defeating death and paying the penalty for sin for those that believe. If you don't believe, he cannot save you. So you need to believe. It's all about being believed. Imagine not being believed. It's a horrible thing. And that's how God feels. feels even worse. Imagine you came to earth, you gave your blood you you had you were whipped and beaten, marred more than any man, and you did that because your offering was a perfect sin offering. The Bible says he's a, a a lamb without spot or blemish. The lamb had to be given. The Jews gave the lamb as like a picture of the one that was going to come, the final sacrifice. The Lord shall provide Himself. It says that in June in um, in Genesis, but the new versions mess it up. But there he says the Lord shall provide Himself. A lamb, and he did. He came as the lamb, and the the uh, John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus coming towards him to be baptized at the beginning of his ministry, uh, he said, "Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world." But if you don't believe that he died for you, then he can't take away your sins. The Bible's pretty clear on this. It says, if we confess our sins, that's not to a priest or a you know, nun or somebody or you know some pedophile. <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't need to do that. No, you go directly. It says you need not that any man teach you. You can just you can just call out to the Lord. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Just like that. But you can just confess your sins right there and then to Jesus Christ, to God, who is God in human form. You can confess your sins, and the Bible says he will, con- he will forgive you of your sins. And not only that, he'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness, all the bad stuff that you've done over the years. He'll forgive you for if you confess those sins. And that's all part of repentance, isn't it? That's when we realize far out, man, I am really on my way to hell. And, uh, you know, God has a rubbish dump, and he gets rid of his rubbish just like we do. I mean, we don't sleep with that rubbish under our pillow, do we? <laughs> We put it out, to, you know, we get rid of it, burn it, and that's what God's going to do. So, you know, as far as he's concerned, if you reject his free gift of his offering of eternal life through just simple faith, like a child can do it. You know, I believe that Jesus Christ, that's the salvation verse of the eunuch that Philip was speaking to on the chariot as he was reading from Isaiah 53. He said, well, how will I know what this is unless someone explain it to me? And Philip explained it to him, and then he said, right, there's water over there. How about I get baptized? Philip said to him, and it's removed from most of the new versions, Acts 8.37. He says, you may if you believe. And the the eunuch says, I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That was his salvation verse. And then he got baptized. But the Roman Catholics have removed that from their Bible. And all new versions come from the Alexandrian text, that type of reading, the Roman Catholic text. There's only two Bibles, really, the Protestant Bible and the Catholic Bible, if you think about it. All the rest are just lots of versions of that. But there's only there's only one true Bible that God said He would preserve, and anyway, so He they had to remove it that verse that he, you know christening, uh, so baptism. You know they say that's one of the seven sacraments of the Roman Catholic Church to get you to heaven. You've got to buy your way on the instalment plan, <laughs> as if God would allow that, as if He would allow you giving money to you know oh oh it's Al Capone here he was a Catholic oh I just shot a few people with a machine gun oh He wouldn't have spoken with a pomming accent though would He no no well Al Capone. Uh, he he you know he's a pretty bad guy, but he's a Catholic, so you could just go to church on Sunday and talk to a pedophile priest in the confessional, and he'll forgive you, uh, you know, not realizing that he's fiddling with your kids at the same time. That's that's how it works. Gosh, it's amazing, isn't it? I can say just about anything I like about this about Catholic Church and all that rubbish. I love the people. Don't get me wrong, I love Catholic people, 
um, lots of Catholic people that I know that were Roman Catholics and they've become Christians. They've actually left that paganism behind and now they put their trust in the Bible. But um, you would think that I'd be chopped off, wouldn't you, for talking like this? But no, it's only if you say anything about the Jacksine or the um, the Jovid 19 or you know anything like that. It picks it up. The a- the algorithm pick it up or the uh, the AI, the artificial intelligence within Google and YouTube pick it up. So you've got to say nice things. About, oh, it's very important that you get your children vaccinated with a with a wonderful uh, juice that's you know, it's probably probably going to end their life. But we. You just have to be careful what you say, don't you? So it's a, it's a medical procedure. We talk like that. Anyway, so how did I get onto that? I don't know. I do not know. And look at the time. It's just absolutely flying. 27 minutes to 6 here at the Liberty NZ Breakfast with me, Grant Edwards. Um, just letting rip. And uh, you, actually, it's really good because it's almost like a, th- a form of therapy for me. <laughs> I'm able to get all the, all the stuff that's on my mind out to you, lovely people. And uh, I don't have to go to see a shrink or anything like that. I never would have had to anyway, because I, I don't. I think I've had an. I don't think I've had a depressed day in my life. And people, some people say, "Are you on drugs or something?" You know, you're always so cheerful. Um, no, I get I get down from time to time, up and down, as you do. But um, I think if you're depressed for more than you know, well for me, more than a minute or two, um, then I think you probably need to um, find out why. And uh, make some changes, but the last thing you want to do is go and see a doctor because they're going to give you a fill you full of sorcery, full of pharmaceutical drugs. They're not going to help you at all. So wonder if they don't chop me off for talking like that. And that will not help you at all. It'll just make you worse. It'll make you a slave to the pharmaceutical industry, and it's all about money, 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 money. And we and really we saw that most of us actually woke up over the Jovid, didn't we? Over the pandemic, we woke up. Yeah, a lot of people are woken up now, and it's really backfired. On the deep state, hasn't it? The backfired on the um, on the globalists. Uh, they really they thought they thought they could push that on us and you know and keep it all going, but it's sort of just like petered out because a lot of people have woken up. I mean, you still see the odd half put wearing a, a mask. Dear old things. They're usually old women, aren't they? And sometimes I did see a man the other day, and you know I sort of oh, I mean I could say something to him, but. Oh, I don't know. It's sort of like calm indifference I have to have now. Samuel Hahnemann said you have to have that calm indifference for people that just won't listen and, you know, just ignorant people. Uh, what do you do? You just calm indifference. You know, you could talk to them, but they're so brainwashed. There is nothing you could do to save them if they're wearing masks now. This At this time, 2023, November, uh, there's so much information out there, even though they've tried to suppress it. Um, you know, it's just... Um, crazy really that people just ignore it and I think the the main thing I think that if I do anything and that is to convince people people that you know are willing to look at what's to be said for the other side because that's really important you can't just you know um, go along with something just because you like the pe- people that are spouting it or espousing it you've got to look and see what's to be said for the other side now a man who was um, assistant commissioner of Scotland Yard his name was Sir Robert Anderson and he's written many, many books, and um, some of them, one of the greatest books I think ever written uh, really was The Coming Prince by Sir Robert Anderson. It details Daniel's 70 weeks. But anyway, he always, he, one of his quotes is, and I can't find it anywhere online now, but I remember we learnt this, uh, that it said, what, what is to be said for the other side? And he was, um, he was a lawyer. He was uh, Assistant Commissioner of Scotland Yard back at the uh, 
end of the 19th century, around about the time of Jack the Ripper, and he was also uh, the head of the CID, the Criminal Investigation Department, they call it there in America. I think they call it a bureau. They like that word bureau. They like using a French word every now and then. Oh, actually, which reminds me, who was it now? Was it George W. Bush? He said, oh, the French, oh, they don't even have a word for entrepreneur. <laughs> I thought that was funny. 24 to 6, and uh, of course we'll have TNT Radio News coming up for you at 6. So um, did we did we talk about everything? I don't know. I can't remember what I was talking about. That's the partner of Angela Blackmore. That was a while ago. That was back in 19, the 1990s she was killed. Uh, anyway, so then the Gaza, now, now we're on to the um, Pallywood, the um, Palestinian Hollywood. Um, they are saying Gaza says the death toll. Now, we're not getting this from proper journalists. We're getting this from the terrorists themselves. They're saying the death toll has gone over 10,000. Uh, and the United Nations... It's, it's, they're calling it a children's graveyard, and it's all designed to, um, you know, Israel are extremely careful um, how they fight this war. It's a very difficult war, and I, don't, I think Israel would be the only, the only army in the world, the IDF would be the only army in the world that would be able to fight a war like this without killing so many people. I mean, look at us. We just bombed Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and, you know, we were involved in that, you know. You know, we, we, we did that to end the war. We, we did that to reduce the number of our people the Westerners that were killed in a war. And uh, so he dropped a bomb on them, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. What else did we do? We bombed Dresden, didn't we? Think of all the children that were killed in the German city Dresden there. We did that. Uh, but what you, you know, what thinking people, what Western people do, actually the Judeo-type, uh, Judeo-Christian people, what we do is we actually don't use our children as human shields, which is exactly what the uh, so-called Palestinians, they're actually just Arab terrorists, Muslim terrorists, uh, most of them. I don't think there's any, oh, you've, you've got the odd silly leftists that's over there. They don't last very long. The homos get thrown off buildings as well. You know, they don't last very long. We saw that, didn't we, during the, <laughs> during the ISIS. But really, this is just another ISIS, and it's uh, being pushed by Iran, of course. And in fact, if the truth be known, I think that, um, well, we know that 80% of the so-called Palestinians living in the Gaza Strip actually voted for Hamas. So they're a political, um, you know, militant. They say militant, but they're not really militants. They're terrorists. And when you hear people say, oh, the militant group, that's just, um, that's just glorifying terrorists is what that is. Uh, so 80% of these uh, people, these Arabs, are mostly Egyptians and, you know, just Arabs. Yeah, they're the children of Ishmael. That's Abraham and Ish, uh, Ishmael's the son of Abraham uh, to an to a Egyptian handmaiden. Uh, not the son of the promise. So, of course, the whole thing, actually, if you think about it, it's really just over a, trans- a land transaction, a promise. The, the father said, I'll give, you, I'll give you all the land from the river Euphrates to the sea and from as far as the eye can see, uh, way up, probably almost into southern Russia, all the way down to North Africa is going to be the land which I'm going to give you. This is what God told Abraham. And then Abraham had, he had from his son Isaac, you see, not, not Ishmael. So he's the father of the Arabs. And so it's, it's just a war between two half-brothers, isn't it, really? They're both claiming the, the promise from Abraham. And, of course, the Roman Catholics got involved. You know, they want it. They're going to put their man in there. The Antichrist is going to set up his uh, image in the temple in Jerusalem during the tribulation period. And he's going to stop. I think they'll, they'll probably restart uh, this animal, animal sacrifices. The, the Israelis will restart that. So I think that will come. I think Israel's really changing since October the 7th. They're all coming together, united, and uh, eventually they will start their sacrifices. But then this Antichrist is going to be European Jew, homosexual European Jew, in my opinion. This is just my humble opinion. 
<laughs> very humble, and I'm proud to say it. And uh, he's going to set up his image in the temple, and then you know Daniel says, you know, you know, that's when you see that you've got to, you're in trouble. And Jesus reiterated that, he didn't say Daniel was a false prophet, did he? He said, when you therefore see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, flee into the mountains. And let's hope you're not you're not pregnant, or you know you've got a young child that you're having to breastfeed. Let's hope, it, and it's not on the Sabbath. So obviously they're going to bring back. They'll do all that because it's written to the Jews that bit, and not us. We don't keep the Sabbath. We um, we meet on a Sunday because it's expedient, and we didn't learn it from the Roman Catholic Church. No, we learned it in the Bible. If you think about think about it, everything that happened that Jesus did first, even Pentecost was on a Sunday. Jesus had his first um, Lord's Supper with the with the people. He had a first first one. He was seen on a Sunday morning. That's why we call it the Lord's Day. It's not the Sabbath. Sabbath is Saturday, so we meet him on a Sunday. Uh, he met them on a Sunday. Sunday, so when we meet together as a church, the first Lord's Supper, you know, the bread and the wine, not the wafer and the, the, the priest getting pissed on the wine, as they do, on the sherry, or on the port, wherever it is. And uh, so, yeah, we have proper bread. Now, it's not real body of Christ. You know, you would be actually burnt at the stake in the 16th century, the end of the 16th century, if you're in, in the United Kingdom and you're caught with a portion of Scripture, you'd be burnt at the stake because the Roman Catholics uh, forbid you from reading your own little bits of Scripture. They wanted to be able to feed it to you. You know, they kept you in the dark. That's why it's called the Dark Ages. And, of course, they've changed that now. They don't like the word Dark Ages. They just call it the Middle Ages, trying to cover it up. You know, it's a bit like before Christ and after Christ, you know, A.D. and B.C. They, they call it B.C.E., what, what is it? The before the common era, which is just it's a nonsense. Just just trying to hide God really from us, isn't it? Because every time you write it, we used to write a check out, you write the date there like nineteen ninety six. That was in the year of our Lord, nineteen ninety six. One thousand nine hundred and ninety six from his birth, I think it is. That I think that's how it goes. Anyway, so now I've got all confused and I don't know what I was talking about. What were we talking about? Uh, I don't know. Let's play a jingle and I'll I'll gather my thoughts. We won't play a jingle, but we'll play a little ad. What about this? This is about trans women. Trans women is just nonsense. Transvestites, as I call them. What would you say to feminists who are in support of trans women being able to access historically women's spaces like female bathrooms and being able to participate in women's sports? Let me ask you a question. What is cheating? What is cheating? Somebody okay. using their power against the weak. Got it. Is Leah Thomas or William Thomas biologically stronger than the competitors that he, she was against? I don't, I don't, I'm not, uh, I don't know about sp that specific situation. Won the national title? Yes. Okay. Won, well, won after, national title. after the transition, right? Okay, is that fair? Yes. So the other women against the man were born with less bone density, lower testosterone levels. What are they supposed to do to make it even? I would not know on that specific situation. Got it. And you're a feminist? I am. Who are you trying to protect? Still true. Women. All women. Well, I wish you well in the coming situation where now as a feminist, you're going to have to live under the tyranny of men who think they're women. Thank you for being here tonight. Welcome to the Liberty NZ Breakfast with Grant Edwards. Yes, that's me. Uh, hello. Yes, 17 minutes to six. Let's go over and look at that electoral commission. I can't remember what I was talking about before. Um... Mm, there's been some shenanigans going on there. What they're doing is they're pushing for the Smartmatic machines. That's what they're doing, they're trying to make up this human error. Apparently there's only three places, and it's, it's just a storm and a teacup, cup, really. Although, let's have a look at that. So, we've got here, the Electoral Commission says hundreds of votes at three booths were wrongly allocated to fringe parties. I bet they didn't call them fringe parties. This is the leftist Radio New Zealand, sponsored by you and me. Because uh, we're the taxpayers, we pay for these these um, leftist half wits to write this stuff, full of Roman Catholics too, by the way, 
Yes, because the Roman Catholic Church, they actually go out and they recruit people to go into um, into journalism and uh, presenting. So many Roman Catholics are in the media. Uh, same with the, with the BBC in the UK. And they do that because they, don't, they want all the news to be filtered through the Roman Catholic system. Nothing bad to be said about the Roman Catholic system of religion, which is basically... Um, a political entity in religious garb. Anyway, party votes here in New Zealand were recorded incorrectly at two voting places in Port Waikato and one in Christchurch electorate of Elam. I call it Elam, but it's Elam, they say. Looks, I, I think Elam sounds nicer, but then I suppose, yeah, E-I, it's I, they say I, I don't know why. English is weird, isn't it? Most were incorrectly uh, assigned to the Leighton Baker Party uh, or the New Conservatives uh, instead of the National Party. That's what they say, but we'll go and have a look for ourselves. A small number of votes were also affected that had been uh, uh, cast. Oh, it looked like East. It was a very bad time. Uh, cast. I better zoom it up to 150 so I can actually see it with these old tired eyes of mine. It had been cast for the Labour, uh, Greens, New Zealand First, and the Maori Party, and um, and, a, and some small parties, and they call those fringe parties. It's disgraceful that you, they say that. Don't talk that way about those minor parties people voted for them they're very important too it's all part of our democracy now the electoral the chief electoral officer Carl de Quesney I think I guess that's how you say his name he said the mistake did not affect the overall result well that's good isn't it he said we apologize that this data entry for these errors and they weren't that they weren't picked up in the checks made before the official result which was on the 4th of this month wasn't it 4th of October um, he said that they should have been uh, corrected and we regret Wet. We were wet. That didn't happen. and But it has happened. And I think they allowed it on purpose because they want to bring in the machines. They want to bring in the so that they can fiddle with the elections in future. In fact, Klaus Schwab, this is true, 14 minutes to six, Klaus Schwab says that um, they would actually like to do away with elections altogether because they... <laughs> Somehow they know what people are thinking and they don't need elections with their AI or something. Now, anyway, the Electoral Commission's acting board chairperson, Jane Mears, she said that they'd had full confidence in the integrity of the election process and the result. Well, I haven't. Not after not after this. She says a large amount of data needs to be entered to produce the results. See how they're pushing for it? It's too much to handle. It's only 5 million. Four, it's not even that. There's only four, four, 4.9 million people roughly living in the country. And, and I would say less than half of that or way less. I don't even think there's 2 million voters. So it's just a nonsense, you know. But, you know, there were six, over 600,000, about 603,000 special votes. So really, you didn't have a clue who really won the election on the night because they had to count the special votes. Why don't they get pull a finger out and, you know, get that counted? We used to do it all in one night, remember? And we didn't, used to, and we didn't have voting that went from went for two weeks prior to the election, which is what they did. They opened it up on October the 2nd, and then the actual final day for voting was on the 14th. Now, I reckon that's what, the reason why they do that, and this, I've heard this, this is what they do in, in the United States. It gives them time to figure out uh, what the, you know, who, who, the people, maybe, maybe the party they don't want in, see where they're going, and then they've got to make up the extra votes somehow. So they need time to do that, to fake it, you know, to, <laughs> to fiddle with the results. They do, and, they're, and now they're going to be pushing for the Smartmatic machines where you can actually, uh, I don't know if they're going to be called Smartmatic, but we know that that's what they were used. We know we've got people from the United Nations that are here in this country that are pushing for um, voting machines. 
uh, uh, w- uh, one woman in particular, uh, former United Nations, I won't mention her name, I have actually mentioned her there, but I won't do it again. Um, and she's with the, um, she was with Phil Goff in his office and uh, a senior management there. And she's been all over the world with voting and all that sort of stuff. But she was a former employee of the United Nations. Now she says she was just, you know, like an intern or something, but mm, I don't think so. Anyway, so she's fully indoctrinated with the uh, United Nations and she's over here trying to change our election. She was actually there when Nelson Mandela got him. You know, she's instrumental there. I wonder how he possibly could have ever got in, I suppose, when you when you give when you give a whole lot of people the vote. Yeah, they do tend to do that. That's what democracy is. And, of course, in a democracy, if you don't have a constitution, it's a very dangerous thing because it's the majority rules, isn't it? That means the men, the, the people with the lynch mob, that's a democracy. The, the mob that want to, want to hang you up without a trial... And that's, you know, might is right. And the guy at the end of the rope, he's the minority. <laughs> that's how it works. Anyway, getting back to this little thing here with the electoral office here, the certificates of um, for the results would be updated and signed by the returning officer, that's the electorate manager, and a justice of the peace. The amended declaration of the, uh, of the results will be published on the electionresults.gov.nz, the election results website, yes. And also, it'll be in the New Zealand Gazette. A full list of the changes is here. So I just want to whip over now just very quickly at 10 minutes to, no, just about 11 minutes to, is it? 12 minutes to, 12 minutes to 6. And of course, don't forget to hang around because we've got some real good news coming up. And it's, uh, I don't know, it's good. They've got, uh, four, uh, this is TNT Radio, they've got about 45 presenters, all from different spectrums of political spectrum, uh, spectrums, political spectrums. And you've got people that are anti-Semitic there, like um, Patrick Hennison, who I'm, I really can't stand listening to him. And then, but you have to, you have to, and they allow them to speak. And then you've got other people that are really pro-Israel. It's very divisive. This thing has divided a lot of families. I mean, if you thought the the Jovid and the pandemic, the Jovid nineteen and the plan, uh, pandemic were bad news, good grief, this is even worse. I think this is why this is how World War Three will probably start the big war. That's going to lead us into the tribulation period. That's how it'll start because it's so divisive. And uh, anyway, and there's so much hatred and the spiritual stuff going on as well, spiritual warfare that we don't really properly understand. Anyway, this is in Port Waikato. This is Karaka Pavilion. That's where they did the counting. The recorded vote for the ACT Party was six and the correct votes were six. Now I'm just going to move down here. And uh, we'll have a look. The New Conservatives, they got 15 votes, apparently, and they shouldn't have done. They didn't get any votes. The National Party, uh, so they got no votes at all, but they actually did. The correct votes was 15. So they've swapped up New Conservative with the National Party. And so that's interesting. Now, that seems very dodgy to me. How could you get that so wrong? So it could be something weird going on. There needs to be investigation there into, into some of these places. New Zealand law didn't get any votes there. And didn't get any no amendment either. Maori Party the same, unchanged. Who else have we got? So not much really. Only only uh, the New Conservative and the National Party sort of got they got things mixed. Got the wires crossed there, and I find that very suspicious. Uh, Port Waikato Pukakoe, that was at uh, the counting booth. There was at the inter, uh, intermediate school, and the the ACT Party. There was 125. And that's correct. I'll just run down and find out. The ones that were changed, gosh, uh, National Labour Party got a lot of votes there, nearly 300. But uh, the Leighton Baker Party picked up 505 votes. 
uh, but in actual fact, they didn't get any votes. The National Party got those 505. So it's a, it's a latent Baker Party. They're quite right. And the National Party. And then moving down, the New Conservatives, they picked up one vote. But in actual fact, they didn't get any. And then the, the New Nation Party, which used to be called the New Nation, National Party, but I think the lawyers from the National Party said, no, you can't do that. But the New Nation Party, they picked up 86 votes. And uh, that's the ones that got tied up with Brian Tamaki. That was a silly thing to do, wasn't it? And, of course, now they only got one vote in reality. They didn't get 86 at all. They only got one on the recount. Uh, New Zealand First Party, they only got 15, but in actual fact they got 86. And then you've got New Zealand Loyal, my party. I love that party. I'm a paid-up member of New Zealand Loyal. Uh, We only got nine votes, but when they recounted it, they got 15 votes. That's not too bad. I mean, that's better than, um, who's that better than the New Nation Party? They only got one vote. So New Zealand Loyal had only been campaigning for um, 10 weeks uh, since the party launch. 15 votes, that's blimmin' good. Very, very good indeed. The Maori Party, they actually got 16, but in in actual fact, they only got five votes. And the Opportunities Party, that's um, that's the one, the cat killer, isn't it? He started that. Opportunities, what a silly name to call your party. We're just opportunists. (laughs) They call it top and they didn't get any vote. They actually did pick up 16 votes, but it was written down that they only got they got zero. And the Women's Rights Party, gosh, well, what rights don't they have? They've got the same. What rights is it? This is a silly party. So what, what rights do we men have that women don't have? Zero. And that's why they got zero votes. And then there's the informal party. They got 11, and 11 was it. Now, the, the last one was an uh, island, and that was at the Wolf Brock Arena at Addington. And uh, so let's just run down those. They've got the recorded vote on the election day, and then they've got the correct votes. And it looks like the National Party didn't get any votes at all on the, on the day, but they actually picked up 18 votes. And it's, it's a swap around with the late... How could you get Leighton Baker Party and the National Party? How could you get that mixed up? So that, to me, something wrong. And it's all in the same area too, which I find a bit interesting. Uh, the Opportunities Party, they've got four, still got four. Uh, the National Party... Zero picked up eighteen. Yes, late. No, I just said that, didn't I? And that was it, really. That's the only. That's all they've given us to play with. So that's that. Um, yes, and so there it is. That is um, that is that. Blah, 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 blah. Um, what else have we got coming up for you here on the news? And we're still on. Gosh, I'm slaving away on Radio News Yellow. I suppose we pay for it. Uh, we should know, shouldn't we? Now look, apparently the Maoris are going to go to war. There's going to be another another war. This not over land, is it over land? No, it's over the Treaty of Waitangi. They say that if there's going to be a referendum, that means that's an that's a de- they're going to declare war on us. They are. This is what people like Willie Jackson. And, and Kelvin Davis are saying they're going to stick around now. They were all going to retire, weren't they, when they lost their bad sore losers. They were going to retire, but now they're not because of David Seymour, the head of the ACT Party. He wants a referendum. And um, uh, Christopher, Christopher Luxon of the Na- National Party, who's I picked up 38% of the votes, he's going to be the Prime Minister if all goes according to plan. Um, and But he says, no, 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 it's too divisive. But he hasn't ruled it out entirely. And I think there should be a referendum, actually, because I think the meanings of words have been changed over the years, <laughs> over the decades. And, um, you know, like giving up your sovereignty used to mean that you don't have any sovereignty, that, you know, you lose it to the crown. But now they say, oh, no, it doesn't mean that. Words don't mean what they say. That's just typical, isn't it? You know, just, that's why that's part, you know, part of the destruction of the English language 
um, is to um, do that so they can fiddle around and say that things don't really mean what they mean. Even the Constitution in the United States, for goodness sake, I mean, that's written down as clear as clear, actually codified, not like our silly old Constitution where you've got to be a constitutional legal expert, and even then you're arguing, it just keeps the lawyers, uh, you know, paid and flash houses and driving around in nice Bentleys and things like that. Oh, excuse me, I shouldn't be drinking while I'm talking. Four minutes, coming up to four, five minutes, five minutes to six, and as I said, we'll have that TNT radio news coming up. Now, the top Labour MP, Willie Jackson, says the Maoris, uh, they have told him they would go to war. What Maoris is that? You won't name them. Why? Because that, well, that would be a police matter, wouldn't it? Threatening violence. But when it's, you know, when you just say something like that, but see how he's worded. He's very clever, aren't they? They're very, you know, cunning as a Maori dog. They used to, <laughs> they used to my dad used to say, you're cunning as a Maori. That's probably why people think I'm a racist. I'm not. I'm just sick to, I'm sick to death of this Marification of our country. And the Aussies, you know, they, got, they and even the Abos over there in Australia, they were against the voice, which is basically just the same as our, um, not three waters, well, that's all part of it, isn't it? Giving half of it back to Maori. Half of what we worked for, half of what our forebears paid for, all those assets, uh, we give the, give half of it to to Maori for you know, fifty cents on the dollar, or not even that. Um, but anyway, so Jackson, he's the former Labour, uh, and the, sorry, Jackson and former Labour leader uh, Calvin Davis, they spoke to the media yesterday. After uh, in that yes, during the party caucus meeting, where Hipkins was confirmed to remain as a party leader, with former deputy prime minister prime minister was she deputy? Yes, she was. The Camille Cipolloni, Cipolloni. It sounds Italian, but I think she's Islander, isn't she? I don't know. Taking over as deputy leader, the party rules require that a vote on the leadership within the, within a month of the election. But with Hipkins expecting to retain it. And the MPs stressing the need for stability and unity. Now, what's going on? I got into another story there because it looks as though they're going to. They may well. There's just sort of a constitutional thing happening at the moment. They may actually. Um, Chris Hipkins, the um, he may have to be re re-signed. You know, like re-sworn in as a sort of a caretaker prime minister because you can't have a country without a prime minister because things are going out. You know, they're pushing out a bit further, aren't they? So anyway, that that could happen. After this, so this is what's going to happen. So with Hipkins, he's expected to retain it. He's going to stay on as the as the head of the Labour Party after their dismal election result. <laughs> and that, that was that was now the trouble is it was held less than a month ago. Now Davis, he was going to uh, he was going to retire. He confirmed that he'd made the decision to step down as deputy and to leave Parliament before the next election. He says, "Well, look, I, I've done six years," he said, "and it's just been um, you know I've decided it's time to you know to." Um, to uh, to grow the leadership and let someone else have a crack because I've made a hash of it. He didn't say that, but that's probably what it is. I made a hash of it. No one liked me standing there next to Jacinda when she's giving her speeches, just looking like a um, a pork chop at a Jewish picnic. Or uh, I could say something else, but I won't. Um, and then he says, uh, "What does he say? This will be my last Parliament that I'll be part of, and it was the decision that I made. I don't know." If you all know that I became a grandfather in the last two weeks, oh wow, what did you do? Well, that's has, has that ever happened before? Oh, I think it has. I mean, what about people have babies and things during, and they're still politicians, don't they? I know one in particular. Uh, he had previously said that he would leave politics if he lost the Tea Tai Tokara, wherever that is. <laughs> What's that? I don't know. And the Tea Party Maori, that's a Maori, and then uh, what's this? A Ma, uh, Mia. 
Maramino Kappa Kingi. Oh, I don't even know where these places are. I'm not going to Google it. Why should I? Just speak English, you halfwits. Uh, by because we are speaking in the end time language is English. It's the it's the language of the country. It's not Maori. You need to have a referendum on that too. That you know we need to get back to just speaking. You know, it's too confusing. You know, the whole idea of communication is to, you know, so that you can, so people can understand you. But when you keep chucking in foreign words all the time, they're foreign to me, uh, and you throw them in there and we're supposed to know what they mean. What do what foreigners think when they come to our country? What do overseas people think? And they read all this rubbish. They think, what the heck is that? You know, and they can't be bothered. The people are laughing. We're a laughing stock. I mean, apart from God sitting in the heavens laughing at us, we've got um, people from all around the world just laughing at us. We're just the stupidest little country in the world. <laughs> we are. We think we do. we live in a fool's paradise, and we think we're just amazing. Anyway, uh, so he lost anyway to 517 votes. He went down. That was the final count. He clarified that he has never said that he would leave immediately. Oh, you were going to you were gonna go. In fact, you, the only reason why he didn't leave immediately is because Willie Jackson had the same idea and Chris Hipkins had the same idea. It'd be like, you all just walk out. <laughs> you're, all, you're all finished. But guess what? He's going to stick around because there's going to be a war. There's going to be a war between the Mouldy and the Pakeha. The Mouldy and the Pakeha are going to have a war, apparently, according to the Maoris, anyway. So that's uh, sort of like inciting violence, isn't it? Uh, if... Um, uh, if things don't go the way they want it to go, that was according to the Maori caucus, and and they were in parliament. Uh, so Willie and them, they, that's what they're saying. He and Jackson, they also have to consider. Um, they they considered leaving. Both said that they were motivated to stay because they need to fight Act's proposal of a referendum for a referendum on the Treaty of Waitangi. And now such a referendum would ask New Zealanders as a whole to support Act's interpretation of the treaty and its principles rather than the interpretation arrived at through decades of examination from court cases and academic mumbo-jumbo and all other stuff and the Waitangi Tribunal, which is a farce. So they're going to stick around and um, they're threatening violence, I would say. Anyway, so we're coming up to news. So it's six o'clock here. Good morning. Hope you're enjoying the program, enjoying the rabbiting. We'll just cross over now to TNT Radio News and find out what's happening there in the news. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. More Palestinians are being evacuated out of harm's way. Civilians in Gaza are waving white flags as they fled. They were escorted by Israeli tanks on the main road, the artery for the northern part of Gaza to the southern part. It's an opportunity for those who didn't heed the previous warnings to get out. The Israelis are working to destroy the tunnel system and command system of Hamas. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu told ABC's David Muir one month after the start of the latest conflict with Hamas what victory in Gaza will look like. A surrender to Hamas. It would be a victory for Hamas and you would no more have it than you would have uh, a ceasefire after the uh, al-Qaeda bombings of uh, the World Trade Center. I know the Biden administration has also said uh, now is not the time for a ceasefire. What they're proposing is a humanitarian pause. There will be no pause? Well, there will be no uh, ceasefire, general ceasefire in Gaza without the release of our hostages. As far as tactical little pauses, an hour here, an hour there, we've had them before. I suppose uh, we'll check the circumstances in order to enable uh, the goods, humanitarian goods to come in or our hostages, uh, individual hostages to leave. But I don't think there's going to be a general ceasefire. Uh, it's not that I don't think. I think it will hamper the war effort. It'll hamper our effort to get our hostages out because the only thing that works on these criminals in Hamas is the military pressure that we're exerting. 
Jews in Europe are living in fear after anti-Semitic incidents on the continent grew by extraordinary levels, according to the European Commission. We said in a November 5th statement that the spike of anti-Semitic incidents across Europe has reached extraordinary levels in the last few days, reminiscent of some of the darkest times in history. European Jews today are again living in fear. In these difficult times, the EU stands by its Jewish communities. We condemn these despicable acts in the strongest possible terms. Workspace sharing company WeWork filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection in the United States and Canada on November 6th, just months after warning of substantial doubt that it would be able to stay in business over the next year. WeWork, founded in 2010 and once valued at $47 billion on the private market during its peak, said the Chapter 11 bankruptcy filed in New Jersey was part of a comprehensive reorganization to strengthen its capital structure and financial performance and best position the company for future success. Oscar-winning actress Angelina Jolie, who served as special envoy for the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees for 20 years, has condemned Israel for bombing Gaza. On Wednesday, she posted a statement on Instagram calling for a humanitarian ceasefire, noting that the densely populated Palestinian enclave was becoming a mass grave. TNT Radio's Patrick Henningsen says there are finally some courageous voices stepping forward. It's certainly taking a very long, long time, but finally you're beginning to see some courageous voices, especially from Hollywood, now stepping forward to call out what's clearly massive crimes against humanity being perpetrated by the state of Israel. One of those is Angelina Jolie. She's been a special envoy for the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees for a number of decades, and she was very quiet at first to condemn the actions of the Israeli occupation forces, but now she's come out with some very strong words indeed. And she talks about having civilians trapped in what American military would call a kill box. If you use this term they used in places like Fallujah in Iraq, where massacres were carried out by the U.S. military in their operations. Similarly, Israel is doing the exact same thing here, indiscriminately using their military to kill civilians. And now the evidence is in, and some of the top human rights advocates around the world, including those at the International Criminal Court, are now zeroing in on Israel's war crimes. For TNT Radio, this is Patrick Henningsen. So you think it's fine to say to religious people that they are prohibited from gathering outside, wearing a mask, socially distanced. They can't do it. But if you want to come and protest, defund the police, if you want to support that, that's fine. You can gather in mass person to person, close up, thousands of people, that's okay. I did not write these orders, um, what I said. You defended it in court, and My... you just articulated to me what I take to be your position. Why were the restrictions that you defended struck down as discriminatory? Why were they? You know the facts. You were a good lawyer. Why'd you lose? Senator... Oh, come on, Judge, don't make me do this. You lost because Mayor Bowser was going to mass protests herself personally with thousands of people. At the same time she was doing that, she was prohibiting churches, religious people, from gathering socially distanced outside wearing masks. Good morning. Welcome to the Liberty NZ broadcast here with Grant Edwards. Seven, coming up to seven minutes past six. And uh, that was TNT Radio News. We'll have more at seven o'clock uh, right now. I'm going to have a look at the weather and see what's going on there, see what the extremes are. We'll look at the uh, 
temperatures in the main centres across New Zealand and it'll give you the short forecast and uh, yep, see what's going to happen today and tomorrow. Anyways, um, yeah, so I just think we need, I really don't see, I really would love to see traditional marriage come back, but I just don't think they're going to do that. I, I, I just don't see it coming back until we change the system. Because the problem is even a religious woman can be influenced by the media. Even a religious woman can be influenced by your friends. Even a religious woman and be influenced by her peer group. Oh, absolutely so true. That's Pearl. You'll catch her over on YouTube, the Tube of You. Let's look at those extremes. Kaitaia, 12.8 degrees at the moment. It's pretty warm up in Kaitaia. It was cold the other day, almost 13 degrees. Oh, look, we've got some heavy rain warnings, actually. That's orange, according to the, the, orange, the orange warnings. Not the orange man. No, and I'm not. I'm not an anti-Trumper. No, I'm, and I'm not really pro-Trump either. Just sort of like middle of the road. Um, heavy rain watch. We've got thunderstorm outlook. We've got severe weather, and uh, so that is a little bit of a warning there on the uh, metservice.com. Really, it should be shouldn't be metservice.gov.nz. It's government funded. We pay for it, don't we? We pay for NIWA as well that go out there and get to collect data for us. Anyway, the Kaitaia highest temperature recorded right now at um, seven, eight, eight or, I don't know, my clock's going fast at the moment, so you'll have to forgive me. I think it's seven minutes past six, if the truth be known. Yes, 12.8. Waiuru's the coldest, still 4.6. Castle Point, the windiest, dropped a couple of notches there, 48 kilometres per hour, running over a Castle Point area through the, through the wind speed indicator. And the wettest place is still Gisborne. It's really starting to pour down there, 8.4 degrees. In Gisborne, the temperatures across the main centres, Stewart Island 8 degrees, Invercargill 9, uh, Dunedin's on 10 along with Timaru, and uh, Queenstown's on 8, Fence Joseph's on 10, Westport 11, Nelson 7, so it's a bit chillier over Nelson there for some reason. Uh, over to the Chatham Islands there, out to the uh, east of the country, 13 degrees for you, Christchurch is a bit colder there, 6 degrees, Blenheim's on 10 along with Wellington, the capital city with 121 criminals uh, were ev- evicted from Parliament, now they're going to be signed back in again, same ones, except this time they're going to be more more right leaning. We had left leftist globalists. Now we've got right wing globalists uh, in there. Uh, national. So what have we got in Masterton? Nine degrees and nine degrees. And uh, you see, it's a bit, bit colder, John. If you're listening. It's usually very cold, but I think they may have moved the thermometer since they've heard me complaining about it. The thermometer. Uh, Napier, 10 degrees. Palmerston North, 11 degrees, along with New Plymouth. Tarpo's on 6 and Rotorua, 8. Uh, Gisborne's on 10. Uh, Tauranga's on 11. Hamilton, 10. Auckland, 13. Whangarei, 13. And Kaitaia, almost 13. Um, 12.8. There it is. Nine past six. Okay, let's look at the short forecast, and that seems to have disappeared on me. Oh, well, we'll make it up. For Northland, showers becoming isolated this morning, I would reckon. Yeah, I'll look out the window now and see what's going on in Auckland. Can't really, because I'm a bit far away from Auckland. Uh, scattered rain in Auckland, Waitomo, um, also Coromandel Peninsula and the Bay of Plenty. You've got scattered rain or showers. Clearing this morning, though, mainly fine. However, isolated afternoon and evening showers for Bay of Plenty, possibly thunderstorms as well. For Gisborne and Northern Hawks Bay, a period of rain, heavy rain actually, could be this morning. Fine spells and isolated showers are coming, though, after that heavy rain. For the remainder of Hawks Bay and also for the Waitomo to Wellington and the Wairarapa area, including the central high country, you've got to cloudy at times, isolated showers, becoming confined to Manawatu and Taihapi this morning. For Marlborough, Nelson and Buller scattered showers, mainly from the afternoon with some heavy and possibly thunderstorms as well in Buller and Nelson. For Westland, Fjordland and Canterbury, morning cloud. It's, then it's going to be fine apart from showers uh, about the high country. Still got showers up there. 
with the Merinos. Uh, for Otago and Southland, I haven't got anything on the boil, have I? No, I think we're right. Uh, for Western, did I do that? Uh, Western Fjord and Canterbury, morning cloud, then fine apart from... Oh, no, didn't I say that? Yeah, yeah. Otago and Southland, cloudy periods with a few showers. Uh, forget, I forget the things as fast as I say them. It's like a man standing in front of the mirror. So if you, then he walks away from the mirror and forgets what he looked like. That's not, that's not a good thing to be doing that. Yeah, not good uh, at all. Something wrong. Not enough sleep, I would think. Mm. Uh, Otago South and Cloudy appears with just a few showers. And finally, for the Chatham Islands, rain easing tonight. I'll be back in a moment. We'll have a look at the... We'll just finish up on Radio New Zealand. Then we'll go to News Hub. And if I get there, we'll do stuff. I've got to move a bit quicker. I might not be able to sit and read all these stories. I might just have to just look, give you the headlines, and then we'll look at them all and go, hmm, which one should we choose? And you could even send me a text on 027... Uh, 021, rather, 021 732 if there's something there you want you know more about, something you agree with or disagree with. Go for your life, sunshine. Vivek, you recently said uh, a president can't do everything. Well, I got news for you, Vivek. I've been in the hallway. I've been in the West Wing. A president of the United States has to confront every crisis facing America. Yeah, this isn't that complicated, guys. Unlock American energy, drill, frack, burn coal, embrace nuclear. Put people back to work by no longer paying them more to stay at home. Reform the U.S. Fed, stabilize the U.S. dollar, and go to war. The only war that I will declare as U.S. president will be the war on the federal administrative state that is the source of those toxic regulations acting like a wet blanket on the economy. So I'm not sure I exactly understood Mike Pence's comment, but I'll let you all parse that out. For me, it's pretty simple. That's something a U.S. president can do with focus, and I'll deliver on it. Well, let me explain it to you. Let me explain it to you, Vivek. Yo, that is what truth looks like, coming from Vivek Ranswamy, far and away the breakout star of 2024. Absolutely. And, of course, Mike Pence threw the towel in, didn't he? Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, I think he's going to be someone to look at in the future. He's only young, bit of a tech entrepreneur. Uh, very smart, very quick thinking. I actually quite like him. He's a Hindu, I think he is. I don't know. Do they cause any trouble? Uh, I don't know. I think all religions cause trouble, don't they? Except for the true Bible Christians, we don't cause trouble. We, we're the ones that are persecuted. The Jews and us, we're persecuted. And uh, we're, all, we're all going to be united in a theocracy one day anyway. That's why I don't get depressed, because I've got the blessed hope. I know what's coming. I know, because when the Bible says things, it always comes through, and I put my trust in that. I even started using um, having sheep milk, because it, I read in the Bible, it says milk of the ewe, which is sheep, you know, female sheep, milk of the ewe, and, and butter of the kine, a kine is um, that's an old term for cow so you shouldn't be drinking cow's milk That's this is my thinking, we shouldn't be drinking cow's milk, the reason why we do is because you know you can get 25 to 30 litres out of a good cow <laughs> in one sitting, whereas you know that would be like, I would need about 14 sheep to get that much out of one milk one milking, 14, uh, probably 14 would give me 24, maybe even 20 sheep, I might need 20 sheep 20 ewes to get that much milk so that's why it's not so popular you have to have you have to have thousands of sheep to actually make it make a go of it and they're oh they're terrible to look after they get all sorts of things wrong you've got to trim their hooves and you know you get back-breaking work you've got to shave the poop off their backside call it crunching and keep them clean you got oh you've got to dip them and drench them and all this sort of stuff because we never do with any of ours and they seem to be fine but um you know the pharmaceutical industry and the and you know the people selling the the, the, the drenches and all that sort of stuff 
which is where they do all their experimentation on, on in the um, the animal industry, and then they l- let it loose on uh, on on human beings later on once they've done all their experiments. But with the, with the COVID nineteen, I've got to be careful what I say. Uh, they didn't experiment on animals; they did they did it on us. <laughs> they experimented on us against the Bill of Rights, against everything really, all the things the Nuremberg Code, all of that. They just went ahead and did it anyway. So now I'm lost. Yeah, no. So um. Uh, sheep, yes, so it's good for you. And so I started um, sheep milking, uh, do, doing that. And I had a bit of an experimental one. And um, I think I had 24 ewes. I had, I probably only had about 16 really good milkers. And uh, I think I, if I got two litres out of one of those ewes after a day's, I only used to milk them once a day, keep, them on, keep the lambs on the mothers. What I'd do is I'd separate the lambs at night from the mothers and that would give them the, the ewes time to, you know, build up a bit of milk, let them go, and keep the ewe, keep the little lambs in a nice little area there. So cute. And um, then in the morning, I'd come in and I'd go, I'd go, bah! and they'd all scream back at me like a chorus. I've got a video of that somewhere. It's, gosh, it was funny. And then I'd milk the milk the ewes, go through and finish all that on my own slaving way. No one would help me. It's because I was a bad boss, I suppose. But anyway, um, get to the end of that, and then the part I love the most was when you reun- reunited the lambs with the, with the ewes, with the mothers. That was fantastic, trying to find each other. And, uh, and they did that every day. And I think it actually um, drew a bond. But so, I, so we didn't really, not, what they do now, it's horrible. You know, they basically just milk the insides out of them and the lambs go somewhere else. I don't like that. I like the mothers. I like the ewes to be able to look after their young. And if I had cattle too, I'd do it that way as well. I'd keep the, keep the calves on the mum. You know, for as long as possible, just run them in a, as a herd together, like it should be, like, like in the wild. You know, although they weren't they're domesticated, aren't they? But you know, the you've got the the ram there, and or the or the um, the bull, and he, you know, and they could be quite nice if you, long as you look after them. They've got they've got all these cows to get round. You know, there's no rush, and uh, they're fine. Bulls are fine so long as they're and you keep them with the herd the whole time. And the young are there. It's all like a big family, isn't it? It's like a big exodus. We're moving from paddock to paddock, and that's what this guy Greg Judy does actually. But anyway, getting back to it, so I looked at the Bible and I thought, um, well, I, I think milk must be really good for you. And apparently, sure enough, the Bible says it's milk for drinking. You know, and butters, you know, uh, milk from cows is just for is just for butter. It's all it's good for. And you know, you can't actually. Uh, turn you can't churn sheep's milk. It's very difficult. You, you can, but it needs a, you need some really expensive equipment. But it's very difficult, and it's naturally homogenized. Turns out it's the best thing that humans could actually drink. But it puts a lot of people off, you know, sheep's dags and all that sort of stuff. And I didn't really enjoy being at the wrong end of the sheep at the wrong end of the day. I had to get up early in the morning. Gosh, I was up early, and um, yeah, but oh, I loved it. I loved it actually. Really did. It was um, great. And I'm going to do it again, Lord willing. If I if I if the Lord tarries and I don't end up getting raptured up into the heavens, you know, in a cloud, with you know all the uncles and aunties and, and nana and granddad and all those people that believe, there might be some people that didn't make it because we thought they were Christians and maybe they weren't. I've got an uncle there. Was, you know, he, he might not make it. I don't know. We, we don't know. It's not about works anyway. The Bible says, "For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves." Is a gift of works. Oh, sorry, <laughs> quoted that wrong. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So all the Roman Catholics have got to listen to that. You can't earn your way to heaven on the instalment plan. It's 18 minutes past, coming up anyway to 18 minutes, 17 if the truth be known. All right, we'll be back in a minute. We've got John MacArthur coming up very shortly. I might, might play him now. He, I quite like him. Some people don't like him. I, I don't know if I agree with all of his doctrine, but, you know, kind of a good speaker. This is the most offensive claim that can be made in the realm of religion. Here it is. There is only one God, 
one Savior, one true religion, one holy book, one gospel, one way of salvation. All other religious claims are lies, deceptions, doctrines of Satan and demons that lead people to eternal hell, along with all the immoral, irreligious, atheistic, hedonistic, naturalistic unbelievers. It just happens to be the truth. That is the exclusive truth of Christianity. Even within the professing church, any deviation from the true gospel of grace is a damning lie to be cursed. John MacArthur there. Gosh, well, there's not much you could, uh, you could say about that. I don't agree with his position on the Bible issue. No, I don't, because he says there is one Bible. Which Bible that? To what are you referring, John? <laughs> but anyway, I agree with all that he said there. Let's get over to News Hub now, newshub.co.nz, and see what they've got dished up for us here at the, the Fake Stream Media. Although I don't, they don't seem to be as bad as stuff. Gosh, the stuff that they write. And Radio New Zealand, gosh, that's we pay for this propaganda arm of the government to be. And it's not really the, it's the deep government, really, isn't it? It's the political, the political parties. They're just actors, really, the ones that stand in Parliament and yell and scream at each other like children. Uh, and then run around, you know, just getting us to vote, getting us silly people. We don't know anything about about them. We don't know about their life. We don't know enough. We haven't got enough information to actually cast a vote anyway. But um, so the people that really make the decisions are the people that are in the bureaucracy and the government departments. They're the ones that are unelected officials and they make the decisions. And basically, they don't care. Uh, they don't care uh, whether it's national labor. They've got to bring them up to speed. And so basically these people haven't got a clue. They just parrot stuff. They, they've just got to be able to read information and then parrot it. And that's all they are. They're just puppets. Uh, that's what we have to understand. Now, looking at the front page uh, of News Hub and the story, the main story, there's Hipkin. He staves off a political hunger games. We read about that. He's still there. And there's also he's opened up. He's talking about um, uh, all the tax, you know, the, what do you call it? The um, You know, you work hard all your life and then you've got to pay it all back. Sort of like a death duty. And he calls it, um, oh, what's the name of it? Oh, you know. Uh, death, not death duties. Um, capital gains tax. Yeah, so that that that's that was a, the final nail in the coffin, if you ask me. Coffin, nail in the coffin. Schwalbrick, she refuses to apologise. That's that half wit from the Green Party there, Chloe Schwalbrick. She refuses to apologise for the chant, the racist chant against the Jewish community from the river to the sea, which means, you know, murder murder all the Jews. That's actually where that came from. And there could be a constitutional crisis, and I will find out why a little bit later. I hope I don't forget. I better write it down. Hipkins there may be sworn in again as the Prime Minister uh, after. Yeah, don't let me forget that. And uh, the Maoris are going to go to war, according to Willie Jackson. Uh, he warns that there'll be a Maori uprising over the treaty referendum if there is one. And the national New Zealand first pick-up votes, Electoral Commission says, that were wrongly allocated, mainly national, actually, and also normalising animal cruelty. Now, you wouldn't believe this. Uh, Auckland protesters slam restaurants uh, promoting the Melbourne Cup. Oh, for goodness sake, these half-wits, you know, they are nutty. So we'll ha- have a look. Which one do we choose out of all of those? Uh, run out of gas. Michael, oh, poor Michael J. Fox. Oh, I love that guy. I remember him, Back to the Future. He was so great. Um, there's an update there on his health issues. I don't know if I want to read it. I might cry on the radio, and I don't want to do that. So you can go and have a look. I'm, I'm actually sobbing up now. Poor man. Oh, I have to play it. I have to play a record. I'll be back in a minute. I just got to pull myself together. Kansas has become the first state to pass a bill that defines woman as someone who is biologically born female. That's it. That's what a woman is, which means that this will ban 
men who identify as transgender women from using single-sex areas designated for women. It's called the Women's Bill of Rights. It was approved by legislators 26 to 10 on Thursday. Only Republican support there. And the bill defines a female as someone, quote, whose biological reproductive system is developed to, to produce ova, while male <laughs> refers to anyone whose reproductive system, quote, is developed to fertilize the ova of a female. This is a beautiful bill because... It, it doesn't just say, don't trans the kids. It doesn't just say, wait till eight to introduce kids to transgenderism in schools. Once they turn nine, that's fine. It doesn't just say, only minors can't. It's, it bans transgenderism. Common sense prevailing in Kansas. Kansas City, good on you. That sounds good. 22 minutes past six here at the Liberty NZ Breakfast with me, Grant Edwards, here till seven o'clock. Um, let's go back to what I was talking about now. I had to compose myself. Hospitality owners say that conditions are tougher now than they were during the COVID-19. I'll just get into the habit of saying that because I'm going to get struck off. I'm, I'm on to my third strike already with... Um, uh, Facebook or whatever it is, no YouTube. Uh, I've already lost a channel. I lost a Liberty NZ channel. I lost that right at the very beginning. I had a huge following there because now I can't build it up. I don't know. Everyone's got ahead of me and I can't be bothered anyway. I sort of lost interest after the police went in and were so violent with the protesters in February, March of um, last year at the Parliament grounds. You know, peaceful protesters coming in there wanting to. Uh, hear from the parliamentarians wanting to uh, speak their grievances. No one came out to talk to them. So they hung around and hung around. The still didn't come out. So they got the police to move them on, which is totally unconstitutional, really. And we do have a constitution. It's just it's written as well. It's just it's hard, to, hard to determine what it is. So the hospitality owners, they're in trouble. We'll just have a look at the headlines and then we'll come back to one that we think is good. Don't think, I don't think, what does it say? I don't think he even likes birds. Oh, that's that um, Kiwis react to John Oliver. That's the, um, he's sort of like a uh, sort of like an American guy, isn't he? John Oliver's alarming, aggressive bird of the century campaign. Oh, yeah, John Oliver. Oh, yeah. Crime now portrayed the American dream. Man charged over the theft of a $10 million golden toilet. It does look pretty flash looking at the photo. And uh, what else have we got here? Yes, so, so that, well, I don't know. What do you think? Should we go for... Um, we've done that on the other one there. We'd had you know, Willie Jackson says it's going to be a, a war. Uh, we've got the Prime Minister. Well, yes, he could be sworn in again. Well, look at that in a minute. It's not so important. It's a bit of a nothing burger. So it's sort of it's a clickbait that one really. He only he's only going to be sworn in again because constitutionally you can't have because of the extended. It's all extending out. And we haven't actually got a government properly formed yet. So has someone has to have the reins in case it's an emergency. Someone has to be able to make the decision. Have to have someone at the wheel. Someone has to have the con, the um, control of the ship. And so it looks as though Chris Hipkins may have to be sworn in again uh, for a short term anyway. Normalising animal cruelty. Well, let's look at that one. That one, you just won't believe it. Absolutely silly. And uh, we'll have a look at Animal Justice Party campaigner Nicholas Hancock. That's an unfortunate name, isn't it? Uh, he told News Hub that he was taking action against the restaurants in the area promoting the Melbourne Cup. <laughs> <laughs> look at you. You need a hair. Someone needs to comb your hair for you, Sonny. Got a nice beard. Nice bushy eyebrows. Got a beak on you, though, haven't you? Got the Roman nose. 
Let's see. Now, it says here they are normalizing animal cruelty the problem and problem gambling. Oh, so what are you on? Are you on the, are you on the, looking after the animals or are you looking after us with our problem gambling? It's all just, you've just got to control yourself. You know, anyone could be a problem drinker or a problem gambler if you don't, if you don't have self-control. If people have got to take responsibility for themselves. Anyway, he's saying that we know, and I don't know, I haven't verified this, that 169 horses have died in Australia on track. Now, when is that? That's not bad. Actually, considering they've been racing for hundreds of years, <laughs> I mean, how long they've been doing having horse races for? Only 169. I think that's pretty good. And this mean, and that wasn't this year. That was o- over the entire time of racing because they haven't haven't given any details here. So you've just only got to assume that. That means that they were killed on the track. They were either shot with a bullet which is the most humane thing to do, you half-wit, if the horse has tripped and broken its leg, been an accident. That can happen anywhere on a horse. Horses can do that in the wild, hurt themselves. Um, gosh, they're far better looked after than they are in the wild. I mean, look at the hooves for a start. Unless for some of those Kaimanawa ponies are in a shocking state because they don't have the rocks to uh, um, walk over. And, um, you know, they travel a lot, the wild horses. And so they don't have that natural hoof, which they get in America, Often it's you know rocky ground and that sort of shapes the hoof, um, but here in New Zealand it's a lot of it's you know muddy and even their hooves grow out like oh, they look like a Turkish pair of slippers, don't they? You know with the <laughs> Alibaba's shoes. And so anyway, he says that 169, and for the whole entire history of Australian racing, that's pretty minor, isn't it? So what happens? They get a shot with a bullet, and then uh, when they're injured, or they're taken away and killed. Uh, killed out the back yeah and I think that meat shouldn't go to waste I think Chevalier is an absolute delicacy and I'm actually going to try it I might go to the butcher and and buy some for the dog and then I'll just eat it myself because I don't the only trouble is they worm the horses all the time these silly women don't they continuously worming their horses instead of you know they keep the reason why you've got to worm any animals because you keep it you know it's eating where it's shitting oh I shouldn't say shitting that's not a bible word forgive me lord forgive me people no, I don't normally talk like that. I don't know why. I've got I've got this friend who's always saying that word, and I and I hear it, and I think, ugh, uh, and I think I've just picked it up, and that's bad. You know, bad company corrupts good morals, so we can't say that. So it's called dung <laughs> in the Bible. It's called dung. And uh, anyway, so you, if you're going to have your animals walking uh, and eating, grazing uh, and amongst their manure, their droppings, their dung, then you, they're going to pick up worms, aren't they? Be even worse, they'll get them from other ones, and they'll get. And it's no good giving them, you know, these um, worming things because they get. Um, they call it a, a what do you call it? A sort of like a uh, an intolerance to it, sort of worm. Oh, I don't know. We've got a name. Sheep drench. Oh, they do all sorts of things for ticks and stuff like that, and um, they get a resistance to it. But all it is is just the body itself. It's just um, you know, like you is like. So it's it's a waste of time. And a lot of farmers have woken up. And they're treating their animals homeopathically. A lot of um, milking, a lot of dairy people use homeopathic remedies. It's way better than the pharmaceutical industry. The antibiotics don't work anyway. You've just got to basically just, you know, just treat the animal properly. Um, if it's got a cyst, you've got to cut the thing out. You've got to do a bit of surgery, actually. That is the best way. Antibiotics don't do anything. They, kill, they actually kill everything. Antibio, that means non-life. So they kill everything. It's a bit like having a rubbish removal service, isn't it? And you've got, well, you've got rubbish out on the road there, which, which you know, the rubbish people, are, you know, the, the, they're going to come by with the truck and get rid of the rubbish. But there's also people that are out on the street collecting the rubbish 
and um, you know putting it in the trucks. They're, they're the good people, and so it's almost like firing a cannon up the street, but and giving someone antibiotics or you know penicillin that sort of thing. So you're not only getting rid of the rubbish, the bad stuff, but you're also getting rid of the good people that are collecting rubbish for you. And that's what it's that's the picture I have in my mind when it comes to the use of antibiotics. Anyway, this half what what's his name again? Um, Animal Justice Party campaigner Nicholas Hancock. Oh, boy, my goodness. I suppose you could say Hanko. Sometimes when you see a C-O-C-K like that, cock, uh, it is pronounced cock, Hanko, Hanko. It's got to be Hanko. But I, don't know, I think Hancock is uh, suitable for this chat. Anyway, he says, he, he, the Coalition for Protection of Racehorses, the CPR, Auckland spokesperson Aria Oba, Oba she told NewsHub the restaurants may be providing an extravagant and memorable race day, but they'll also be forcing animals to perform for human entertainment. Well, why not? Why not indeed, I say. And think of all the industry, too, all the people that they employ. You know, imagine if you got rid of that industry. It would be just shocking. We've got enough people out of work. But this is what these funny leftists, these atheistic leftist people that think that we are animals. We're actually not. We're human beings. We're mankind, not animal kind. And, uh, but they think that because they don't believe the God of the Bible, do they? They don't believe anything that's written in that. And they'll find out when they get to the great white throne judgment, when they get judged by Jesus Christ, he's going to be their judge. The name they use as a swear word, some of these people, is going to be their judge on that day. Anyway, anyway, this year, Victoria Racing Vets reported all starters survived. Oh, that's good. So is there any more news there? Oh, that's it. What a nothing story that is. Oh, have I missed out some? Oh, I might have missed something out. Uh, where are we? Oh, yeah. Um, Auckland protesters slam restaurants. Oh, okay, no, I must have gone right to the bottom. So Kiwis took to the streets in central uh, CBD in Auckland yesterday to protest against restaurants promoting the Melbourne Cup. The, the uh, group of protesters were seen parading along the viaduct, holding signs and yelling through megaphones. Well, that's, if you get, they should get arrested for that. You're not allowed to use a megaphone in a built-up area like that. You're allowed to use your own voice, but you're not allowed to use extra. Why do they let them off? They let the leftists off, and the street preacher like me will go out with a megaphone and we'll, I'll get arrested. Haven't been arrested, but I've been threatened with arrest, so I stop. I don't want to be arrested. Uh, Animal Justice Party campaigner. Oh, yeah, I went straight to him. Um, but he says that, yeah, and then where does it go? He said that he wants people in New Zealand to realise the glam is a sham. He said that there is a price to pay. Why bet on animal cruelty? It's not animal cruelty, you half wit. What else are they going to do, horses? I'm going to get some horses. They're going to be dragging trees around. I'm going to have a team of them. It's really good because I can get into places that I can't get into with a tractor. Uh, and uh, and oh, it's just lovely w- walking behind some animals doing a job. I'll just walk next to the logs and hope that they don't roll on top of me. I'll have to be on the high side of the hill, not the low side. I might roll on top of me and that'll be the end of me. Oh, well, that's one way to go, isn't it? Anyway, so this is what they are talking about. They acknowledge the Australian horses who have died on the track over the last uh, racing year. What about all the babies you killed in their mother's womb? What about that? Our record in New Zealand is 18,000 unborn children were murdered by their mothers or they got the doctor to take a hit out on the children while they were still in the womb. Uh, so don't go talking to me about animal rights. You, we've, we, you, you, don't, give a, you, you don't give a toss about uh, rights of the unborn child. So it's just absolute nothing story. These people have got, you know, they, they're really, they, they're mentally unwell. They, they need to eat meat. They're eating too, too many vegans amongst them, I think, which is very bad for you. And you know my theory on that. I don't believe that Adam and Eve ate anything, actually. They had all this fruit there. They could nibble on it if they wanted to, but it wasn't what was sustaining them because they didn't, their blood wasn't like our blood. Our, our blood's corrupted. 
through sin, isn't it? It's it's different. We're in, we're immortal. We're mortal. Mortal men. Now they were immortal. They live forever. But when they disobeyed God and ate from that fruit, that tree, uh, they lost their mortality. Adam lost his kingship of the earth. He was the king of the earth. He had full dominion over the earth, and he lost it to Satan through that little serpent talking to the talk, talking to the old lady. And then she got she was deceived, and then she she goes back to him and says, "Here, honey, have one of these." And he looked at her and he thought. Far out, she's different. She's kind of got a pink tinge to her now. That would be the blood, I suppose. <laughs> the polluted blood after eating that to whatever it was. Um, I think it would be a kiwi fruit, <laughs> a Chinese, a Chinese gooseberry or a tamarillo or something like that. It certainly wasn't an apple. I don't know why. I mean, that, that apples aren't that tasty. Gosh, I'm sick and I'm sick and tired of when I was eating fruit. Sick and tired of eating flowery a- apples, aren't you? Just horrible. They they keep them in the freezer. I think they do, and, they, and then you, you get them out. Then you eat. The, they're horrible, and you spend all this money. Such a waste. Fruit's such a waste. Just eat eat meat. Anyway, so um, I don't believe they ate fr- that much fruit. Now I don't think I don't think they're in the garden for more than a week or two. Any longer, they would have died of malnutrition. <laughs> anyway, but I don't think they needed to eat. That's that's the story because they were immortal. And um, so as soon as they became immortal. Uh, mortal rather they were immortal as soon as they became mortal they started dying because the wages of sin is death so they disobeyed God and they started dying from that point on and had to cover themselves up and all that sort of they realized they were nude nudists and um, chased out of the garden of Eden and an angel there with a couple of swords might have been two angels not sure keep them out because if they were able to eat of the other tree the tree of life which would give them you know they would be wicked evil um, be like the devil wouldn't they they'd be sort of They'd live forever, and then they'd be evil, uh, which would be nasty. You wouldn't want that. And so they chased them out of the garden. And I think straight away God killed the first animal and, and skinned it and um, magically. must have been amazing to watch. Uh, and, and then he covered them with that. First of all, look, they covered themselves with leaves, didn't they? But then he came and killed an animal for them to cover their sin. So it just tells you that the blood of the lamb, probably a lamb, uh, the blood of this animal uh, paid for their sins. It covered their sins, and that's what they did every year, didn't they? The Jews they killed the lamb at the Passover, and that was for the sins of the people. It covered them, and it's a very interesting story if you if you read it. And you should really you should read it. You should take the time to read the Bible because you know there was a mathematician once, and he set out. This is a Russian mathematician. He set out to prove the Bible wrong mathematically, and he ended up seeing that it was actually. Vi- uh, just a divine revelation. He ended up becoming a Christian. This Russian, can't remember his name, but it's a true story. You know, we, we, yeah, we're not like some people, not like leftists. They never let the truth get in the way of a good story. But no, this is a true story. Anyway, I don't think they were in that Garden of Eden very long. When they got out, they had to eat meat. God knew that we we're going to be carnivores, and he, you know, one little bite on a bit, a bit of steak, a bit of fatty sirloin or something like that. What do they call it? Strip loin in America. Uh, one bite on that's like eating a bag of beans as far as iron content goes and I've just got to have sort of I love I love liver I'm not so keen on the on the liver from the cow but I love the lamb's liver absolutely I just I just mar- I cut it into strips marinate it in milk for you know half an hour or something sometimes a day and then I just fry it in a pan with butter and salt and pepper and I just oh, don't overcook it because it does go tough but you don't want the blood in it because the Bible says you're not to eat blood and uh, abstain from blood uh, but just just so that it's done, and just let it sit there on the wooden chopping board for a you know a minute, and uh, to cool, and then just delicious. And that is ram jam packed with vitamin C and all the stuff that they say you have to have fruit and all the citrus fruit and all that sort of stuff, or your teeth will fall out and you get scurvy. It's absolute rubbish. The reason why people got scurvy because they weren't eating fresh food, 
And uh, but if they had fresh meat to kill, you know, like if they had a whole lot of animals on board, imagine that, like Noah's Ark, uh, and had plenty. That's probably why Noah's Ark did so well. They had lots of animals to kill. And plus they had the two-by-twos as well coming on there. And it wasn't every species. It was every. It was kind. So there would have only been a pair of dogs, which today we've got all the, all the, probably just a pair of wolves, actually, a pair of wolves, because all the dogs come from the wolf kind, don't they? Dog kind, cat kind. But anyway, so, um, yeah, I don't believe that, um, losing my train of thought, anyway, so much on the hard drive, some of it falls off while I'm talking. Um, What was I talking about? Food, eating, um, yes, yes, God knew that we were going to be carnivores, we are carnivores, and as I said before, I've never felt so healthy, actually, and you look, people like Jordan Peterson and his daughter and others, and doctors as well, it's absolute myth, apparently the... um, the myth that you need this, you need grains and all that sort of stuff, and you know a lot of people are allergic to it, especially with the childhood jackscenes. We can say that, and then we won't lose our our channel on YouTube. Uh, yes, the childhood jackscenes they cause most of the neurological diseases and neurological disorders and the allergies and all that sort of stuff. You know, people don't don't believe me, but it, uh, you, you go for your life. You believe it or not. To take it or leave it, I don't care. If you want to know more about that, you go to Steve Kirsch, K-I-R-S-C-H, or you can do our, our own news. Oh, and you can find him on kirschsubstack.com, worthwhile. And also our own New Zealand doctors. We've got the, the great Dr. Samantha Bailey and her husband, Dr. Mark Bailey. Together they've got over 30 years of clinical experience, you know, a couple of GPs, hated now by... The, they, were, they were once great doctors, but then when they came out against the Jovid... 19, of course, they were slandered by, you know, the uh, Medical Council, of course, all the half-wits that are taking the money. So all the great doctors left, actually, and now we're just left with state doctors. So I wouldn't trust any of them to sit the right way on a toilet seat, frankly. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, I have absolute hatred. You know, I do. It's, it's, um, I believe it's, I have a hatred of the, what's happened to, um, to doctors. But I could see it, though. I mean, I had a friend once. Uh, and he was studying to be a doctor, and back, back when we all thought doctors were like demigods, you know, they were just, we thought, that, well, they are demigods, but we thought that they were just wa- marvellous. Oh, yes, doctor, no, doctor. My mother used to go, oh, yes, doctor, no, doctor. Oh, we're going to see the doctor. Never called them Peter or Jack or whatever. It was always, or Miriam, you know, it was um, it was doctor. Yes, doctor, no, doctor. And uh, we put them on a pedestal, and they knew it. And, um, you know, they'd be pushing their jolly jack scenes on us, you know, on the kids and that. And then you, you wonder why some of them died of cot death and others. Or, all the ones that were jacksonated, you know, they all ended up with, um, you know, uh, you know, problems like, you know, uh, autism and all that sort of stuff. And it's, you know, and they'll never, they've never done a study on it. But Kirsch has done a study. I think he had 10,000 people in a survey. And he wasn't actually just trying to find out. Um, nowhere in it did it say, you know, have you had your, your, your children, you know, jabbed as little children or not? Um, but it came out in the survey that out of the th- out of the ten thousand, one over one thousand of these people said that they'd never had a, jack- a child had jack seen, and nor had the mother. And out of those people, not, not I, don't, I think it was almost zero had neurological disorders or. Um, you know, long-term chronic problems or, um, you know, allergies, that type of thing. And to me, that's proof. It's anecdotal because it hasn't been done uh, yet. But they've been asking, you know, the CDC, I think, or whoever it is that does all the, whatever, the MetSafe here in New Zealand, they've been asking them. And apparently 20 years ago, they said, oh, that's a good idea. We will do that. We'll do an investigation to see uh, those that have never been vaccinated, uh, see how they turn out. But they never would. 
and they never will because they know the truth is that the Jacksons are actually causing it. In fact, I would go so far as to say that the data, according to Steve Kirsch, it shows that the Jacksons are ruining the health of not only Americans, but also Australians and New Zealanders, everyone in the Western world that's taking this poison, uh, and it's driving the epidemic of neurological conditions. That's what I believe. And I think the best thing that you could do for your child is just to leave it. Don't, don't put that poison in its bloodstream. Just the worst thing you can do. Um, and we might, you know, I haven't got time this morning, but we will hear from Steve Kirscher. Stay tuned, you know. And you know what? Um, if you're over, I've got, we've got a new channel really on Rumble. If you're over there, wait, pop over. Just pop over. I think we've got 61. I think we lost one, got another one. Uh, that's not very many followers. We really need a few more. On um, the podcast, at least we have got like 2,000 or 2,500. I don't know. I get different figures from it all the time. So they, if you miss my program in the morning, Monday to Friday, 5 till 7, Lord willing, you'll pick it up on most of the podcasts, like um, not iHub, but everything else that's there. We're on just about all of it. But our, we actually um, upload that information. This program will be uploaded You know, within probably by 8 o'clock this morning. It'll be uploaded to Podbean. Uh, and you'll be able to hear it then. You better use it as evidence against me. <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah, we've got to find out where I was. Where was I? I'm still on News Hub, I think, aren't we? We're, we're looking at the half foot sort of trying to stop the horse racing industry. So no, you can get stuff, Mr. Hand and Cock. Uh, cock Hand. No, Hancock. That's right. Got the one. Got it right there. Dyslexic. 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 Anyway, um, now let's go back to that hospital hospitality thing. Apparently, some hospitality... Oh, I can't stand news hub. They keep putting videos over the writing. Some hospitality owners, they say conditions are now tougher than during the COVID-19. I just get into the habit of saying that. FPOS provider Worldline says spending at cafes and restaurants is starting to decline. I'm not surprised the way you treated us made us mask up during COVID. You can get stuff. We'll just go and go to our friend's place instead. I'd say that's probably a lot to do with it. We've got a bad taste in our mouth how we were treated. Treated like, you know, treated like, uh, well, we were treated like Jews, actually, weren't we, during the Second World War. Um, there's three high-profile restaurants announced their closure in the last week, and it's fear more will follow. This is according to the um, restaurant. Uh, who was saying that? Oh, yeah, the FPOS provider. They should know, don't they? Um, it's it's uh, yeah, Then it could be that people are just using more cash now. Oh, I don't think so. Uh, it's lunchtime at Auckland's waterfront, and there's not much going on. After enduring lockdowns and staff shortages, a big customer downturn is now hitting our hospo scene, hospitality scene. He said that people are dining out less. Mortgage rates are through the roof. So fine dining is the first thing that gets cut, according to Paris. Uh, Paris Butter, he's the co-owner of... Uh, Catherine George, I don't even know where that, that place existed. There's all these new places, flash places. It's a high-end Auckland restaurant, apparently. Paris Butter. They're offering... Is that the name of it? Said Paris Butter co-owner. Oh, oh, Paris Butter is the name of the place. Paris Butter. That's original, isn't it? That's Catherine George. I thought, that, I thought the place was called Catherine George. No, it's Paris Butter. Oh, you're half foot. Grant, pay attention. Uh, so the, the new goal is just getting staff and supplies. Yeah, well, they did because, you know, people were... You know, people didn't want to work. A lot of people left their job because they didn't want to get jabberoonie, did they? Didn't want to get jabberoonie. A lot left, and they pretending that a lot, not no, not many people did, but a lot of people left. You know, and we found out, didn't we? Liz uh, Lambert told me about oh, a month ago, well before the mainstream media knew, because she's she's the lawyer from Auckland who's on the her fingers on the pulse. She told me over eleven thousand 
um, uh, what do you call it, uh, exemptions. This is in the health industry alone. So the people, they knew they weren't going to take an experimental biological agent. They weren't going to have that shoved in their arm. They knew that it was problems and they got exemptions. But there were others that weren't so sort of like elite there, there, and the bosses didn't, didn't, wouldn't allow them to get an exemption, but some people did because otherwise it'd be a full-on walk, walkout and there would have been um, just a, you know absolute collapse. Well, it's almost collapsed anyway because the big elephant in the room is that people walked, walked away from their work even though they pretended they didn't. I don't believe 90% of, of New Zealand was vaccinated. I think that's a, a lie from Jackson, Jacinda. <laughs> they used to call her Taxinda, but now it's Jacinda. She's long gone now, hasn't she? Oh, or is she? Anyway, uh, so that's what, and I think it's a good thing. You know, sod them. I don't go back to any business that treated me badly during the lockdowns and, you know, all the mask mandates and all that. Well, don't work. You know, if people have got a brain between their ears, if they've got, a, they've got a, an IQ above room temperature, they'd know that there's a Cochrane report. There's so much information out there. Masks don't work. It was just the idea of the mask was because even people like Fauci and, and even our guy, what's his name, Ashley Bloomfield, they said, oh, you can wear a mask if you like, but it won't do any good. And I've got recordings of that, so I know what I'm talking about. But then they were told by the globalists, their puppet, um, you know, their, their masters, the puppet masters, they were told, no, we want them to wear masks because then we can see how well our propaganda's going. And even silly old Ardern, she came out, I mean, she must be a half-wit, because she came out and says, we give them, this is when they went into lockdown, you know, when you came in from overseas, you'd have to go into sort of like a hotel prison for a couple of weeks, and she said, we give them two weeks of sustained propaganda. Now, that's an in-house term the communists use. <laughs> Not a good idea, darling. And that was really, for me, that was, you know, I mean, I already, I already knew that she was, a, you know, bad news. But uh, that woke a lot of people up. Two weeks of sustained propaganda. Hard to find that now. A lot of suppression of information, I would think. Anyway, so the restaurants are, you know, they're going down the tubes. And as I said, I don't give any business to anyone that treated me badly, made me, you know, wanted to serve me outside, you know, like a second-rate citizen. You know, or on the little, little uh, round the corner where they'd serve unvaccinated people. It was terrible. It was like, you know, the Jews this way and Aryans over here, Jews down here. And it got so bad that I was actually going to wear the Star of David. And I don't, I don't know any thinking Jew that would have, would have been offended by that because it's, what happened in 2021 uh, was what happened in 1939. It was basically the same. According to a Holocaust survivor, Vera Sharav. And I've got that somewhere. I've played. I mean, you stick around, you know. You'll hear things here that you don't normally hear out there on the news. Not certainly not in this country, anyway. Um, so the trending stories. Uh, we'll leave that one alone. I've done that to death. The trending stories are twenty-four-seven live stream of coalition. What's this? Corley. What does that mean? Can it oust government formation talks? What is that? Corley. Am I dumb or something? Maybe you could have a quick listen to it. Should we have a listen? Here, have a listen. The only trouble is it's not loud enough. Jimmy Carr, what a pleasure. This is Cura, Rangitoto. The Rock, short ideas meeting, was it for the station? Yeah. Oh, Rose, Rice, Rice, Mulls, and Mel, the morning rumble. Audio weekdays oh, it's an ad. Okay, we'll get past that. Gosh, oh, silly woman with the tongue out. Kenatato Katoa, good afternoon. This is the News Hub special to bring you the details of the full election results which have just been released. Now, in a moment, we'll go to our political editor, Jenna Lynch. She'll be with us live from Wellington. But let's take a look at oh. the party vote picture first. So these are the full results here, which include all of the special votes. That makes up about 20% of the entire vote. 
So it has changed the picture significantly. Now, since the preliminary count on election day, National has dropped 0.9%, taking their party vote to 38.1%. Labour has held steady. They remain on 26.9%. The Greens, Greens are they up, are the eight. biggest winners on percentage points, picking up 0.8%. That takes them up to 11.6%. Act have lost 0.3 points, dropping down What's to 8.6%. Te Pāti Māori has picked up 0.5 oh, points, lifting GPM's their vote the Party. to 3.1%. Oh, why don't you just say the Māori Party? Anyway, I've had enough of that. I've had enough of that. Let's go back. It's getting late. It's 11 minutes too, and I haven't even got into international news. So let's let's give that a miss, and let's go across to um, stuff and see what they've got. New Zealand ambassador in Israel is... Uh, as part of the effort to help get Kiwis out of Gaza. 21, did you hear on TNT Radio News? They're doing their best. Israel is doing their best. They're escorting people that are refugees as long as they hold the white white flag. And they've got to check them for explosives to make sure they don't blow themselves up on the way out. They're booby trapping all sorts of horrible things. They're terrible people, these uh, Islamic terrorists, the way they the way they do things. Uh, 21 New Zealanders and family members are in Gaza with the New Zealand ambassador to Israel. Uh, now in the country to seek clarity on how they can leave. And that's that story. And then people will go to war against Seymour and his mates, according to Willie Jackson, Labour MP. Willie Jackson says that. Council backs call to reject 850 home uh, development. A decision to reject a new subdivision has the backing of the council, but it now faces criticism. Uh, it hasn't provided enough provision for future growth. Well, they're tr- they're pushing every council in New Zealand has signed up to the smart cities. I know that they you laugh them that they go, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. A bit like Grant Robinson there when he was there with Peter Williams, and he said, "Have you heard of the World Economic Forum or the Great Reset?" And uh, Robinson pretended he didn't know anything about it, and yet he was off to a meeting <laughs> about the Great Reset. Uh, you know, he's just they lie. These these. I mean, he's a he's a weirdo, isn't he? I mean, he just lied lied like a Persian. Rat didn't he? Absolutely, as straight as a dog's hind leg. Now, um, we'll move on for something else here. From saving a man to killing his mum, the tragic tale of Jordan Taylor. Good grief. So the teen that he'd helped, he helped a dying man on a beach. Five years later, Jordan Taylor is jailed for murdering his mother with a 10-kilogram dumbbell. You are a dumbbell. Uh, council's U-turn over secret meeting on the anti-social behaviour of uh, at the bus hub. A council has uh, backtracked on discussing a memo which included continuing a secret trial on uh, of the on-bus security behind closed doors. See, no, no council should be having meetings behind closed doors. They should all be open to the public. We pay for them in our rates. And this is just nonsense, being able to do that. And that's why, you know, I mean, the Parliament's televised. Everything should be out in the open. There's, oh, there's some things going on. The, the world, the globalists, they're in there. They're, in, they're, actually, they're actually attacking uh, the country. They're attacking the West through the small, um, what do you call it, local bodies. That's what they're doing. Now, foodstuffs, they plan to merger. What would happen if, what would it mean for shoppers? Well, it would mean prices would go through the roof, wouldn't it? And then stuff... And Waikato Cherry Tree Festival Defamation Trial, that's continuing. That's, uh, they just want to clear their name. They don't want any money. They just want to clear their name. They, they ran that um, festival, that Cherry Tree Festival, and they went bust. Something happened. And um, anyway, so they've, there's all these people are saying terrible things about them. So they've gone, taken them to court, whoever it was, can't remember. A jury in an arson murder trial hears the 88-year-old victim may have tried to flee. Ah, oh, isn't that a woman? Didn't she kill her, old, her, her father? 
Look at the house. The only thing that's standing is the fireplace, the brick fireplace. Yes, I think it was. Amongst the piles of ashes, blackened rubble and discoloured, distorted roof and iron has been the remains of a working, oh, sorry, a walking frame. Oh, no, a commode. Oh, that's no good. That's what you have. You piss in that. You poop and piss in that when you when you don't want to go out to the toilet. You have one next to the bed, a commode. That's what that is. Probably most people don't know that. And then it's got what's left of the mattress. So um, now, look, she was, let's have a look here. So the daughter, yes, it was the daughter. Her name is Lynn Marie Martin. She's 63 now, but about 10 years ago, she's accused uh, of um, setting fire to her father's house to murder him so that she could claim the inheritance of it's only $150,000 gosh you lose that when you drive the old BMW out or the Bentley you lose it, lose that when you drive it out of the showroom you wouldn't kill your father the one that gave you life you know your mother and your father they gave you life you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them this guy hit his mother over the head with a dumbbell what is wrong are these people like maybe there are devils maybe there really are you know people that are walking around possessed with devils could be who knows? So that's that story. I just wanted to refresh my memory on that. Too too horrible to um, to read about. A man's been arrested after allegedly sharing multiple videos of child sex abuse. And that's another thing that just, I find that ex- absolutely extraordinary. But apparently it's high level. Some, you know, there's some there's judges. According to Greg Hallett, you know, the New Zealand's full of pedophiles. This is a Wellington man. He's been arrested and charged by the customs uh, after allegedly sharing multiple videos of child sex abuse over social media. He's only 23, and um, he's facing charges of exporting, distributing, and possessing objectionable publications according to customs, the agency. You know what? And that's what they did with um, Counterspin. They they said the same wording, and it made it look like Calvin and Hannah had, had child sex exploitation videos, which they definitely did not. But they made it was object. They used the term objectionable, objectionable material. And it made them look really bad because that's what they're trying to do. But really, the police were on a fishing expedition to see what information they had on them. <laughs> this is Counterspin Media. Hey, if you want to see the latest video, it's done by Samantha Edwards. She's no relation to me, but she's a very good journalist, actually. She didn't want to be a journalist. She's actually a musician and a mother and, um, you know, and a very hardworking journalist she's had to turn herself into. She wants to get back. She's a very talented musician, a uh, wonderful voice and can just about play every instrument. And uh, very creative as well in the music, um, uh, what do you call it, in the uh, studio, very creative stuff. Um, where she, was, I think she's on SoundCloud. You can hear some of her music. But she's too busy now fighting for us, fighting for our country to win it back. Now, what did she, yes, go over there. Her latest um, documentary film is called Winston Rides Again. And it's an expose of Winston Peters. And if, actually, if it come out sooner, I have to say, and Sam, Samantha agrees, um, if it came out sooner, uh, a lot of people wouldn't have voted for that man. You know, it's terrible. And uh, we play some of the extracts from that, some of the clips. We play that here at the Liberty NZ Breakfast and also uh, during the day sometimes, although it's pretty much main, mainly, you know, the wireless playing today's best country through the day. And then uh, we'll just sort of keep that for me so that I can play it. I may, when I retire one day, I don't know when I get to about 90, Lord willing, if I make it that far, I might retire and just do radio full time. In my, you know, but I have to wait a while. I'm too busy at the moment, and I'm feeling really good. I had an accident a year ago. I fell over backwards carrying some steel. My son was on the other end. I fell over, tripped over a bit of dunnage, which is just a bit of wood. 
that they lie lay on the ground and then you put things on top of it so that you can pick it up the forklift and that's all get a strop under it that sort of thing they call it dunnage I don't know why it's a dun dunnage anyway and um, I tripped on it it was a big piece actually it was it was a good sort of like four by four rough saw and it's quite high and I tripped and I didn't want to drop drop at this big piece of steel very heavy it's, it was a piece that was about four inches by four inches by over well quarter of an inch thick and eight meters long so you can imagine the weight of that and I didn't want my son to get hurt goodness me no his career could be over so I thought well I'll just hold on to it and of course I gave myself about four hernias but I didn't trust any of the doctors I went to a specialist and he uh, he basically agreed with me he said you know yeah, just you know, leave it and you'll be right anyway so the belly button one the what do they call that the umbilical hernia that one just by losing 18 nearly, nearly 18 kilograms <laughs> I lost all this weight that one just disappeared anyway and it uh, seems to be fine then I had an inguinal plus I had a femoral one and you know ACC weren't going to pay for any of it they, I never got any money from them they were just hopeless you know you just got to fight like crazy they should do away with ACC and allow us to be able to sue sue each other <laughs> except Christians we're told not to sue uh, other Christians, we're not to do that. We're just to accept accept the um, the hardship of it. You know, we shouldn't be going to a court that's run by the world when we've got brothers and sisters and the Lord taking each other to court. So we don't do that. We just, you know, that's that's true. That's a biblical principle. We shouldn't do. And yet you see, you know, a Christian husbands and wives taking each other, suing each other. Obviously, they don't read the Bible, do they? If they read the Bible, or well, they don't believe it. They say they do. They hold one, you know. They, they don't even take them to church anymore. They don't have a Bible. If you take a Bible to church, you're considered a weirdo. Uh, to the church meeting, I should say, because we are the church. Anyway, so this is horrible, isn't it? Objectionable material. And uh, we sort of segued into Calvin Alp and blah, blah, blah. And um, so what else is on the front page? Robots, the revolution. Oh, they're going to start using doing that. They're going to in hotels. There, I think it's Medina or one of those ones, Sudina. Uh, they're using bots or robots to um, deliver, you know, your cocktails at the middle of the night, and uh, that's going to do people out of a job. That's not going to be good for our country. Not very going to be very good at all. And um, now also, there's a yoga teacher's on trial for murder in the U- USA. Are you interested in that? Not really. Caitlin Armstrong. That's in the case of uh, involving jealousy. It's normally that, isn't it? Jealousy, fake IDs. Usually it's over money. <laughs> uh, oh, we've got that TNT radio news coming up shortly. So um, we'll, I'll just have that going in my right ear. It's, I'm getting used to the idea of having something going on in one ear um, while I'm trying to sort of make sense of uh, what I've got here in front of me. Anyway, um, what else have we got here? What are the top stories on stuff? Some people call it stuffed. The most popular ones is Melbourne Cup 2023. Without a fight, gives jockey Mark Zara a back-to-back win. So he won it last year and this year. Air New Zealand disruption, 330 passengers have been impacted, apparently. Uh, We'll just go down the main ones there. Electoral Commission doing a full recheck, voting results after error. So they're going to check the whole lot. Well, that's going to take extra time. So they have to swear in old Chippy again. That's the Labour Party, the outgoing Labour Party Prime Minister. He'll have to be sworn in again because he can't have a ship without a captain. Uh, So that's very interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens there with that. Richie McCaw's new ride is a gruff 4x4 with with a twist. Oh, you can go and read that. Melbourne Cup punters win big. On without a fight at Flemington, Cromwell's oldest rev hand. What's that? 81-year-old former bus driver celebrating the Lamborghini win. What's? Oh, that's interesting. Well, let's let's go. First of all, we'll go to um, 330 passengers. Oh, let's see if I can get some of it. And here, New Zealand says that they have well, ended up with four jets out of action at any one time. 
as it deals with engine maintenance issues impacting around 330 passengers. The airline said on Tuesday um, that it shared more details around the level of disruption that would result from a problem with the engines from the US aircraft engine maker Pratt & Whitney. Uh, Back in September, the the RTX Corp., the parent company of the engine maker, revealed that it would need to remove up to 700 engines from planes worldwide for quality inspections over the next three years after it discovered a rare condition, <laughs> like, it, like it's a real entity, a rare condition in uh, powdered metal which could lead to microscopic cracks. You can't have that. At the time, Air New Zealand warned the new uh, maintenance plan was expected to have a significant impact. Hey, I've got to go to news now, so we'll catch you with the weather straight after this. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. There's a vigil today in Tel Aviv, one of many events marking one month since the Hamas attack that sparked a war with Israel. Israeli troops say they are now operating inside Gaza City for the first time in decades. This is a significant development and the first time the Israelis have acknowledged that they made it into the largest city inside Gaza since the ground operation began. Prime Minister Netanyahu says he considered little pauses, but not a ceasefire without the hostages being released. But I don't think there's going to be a general ceasefire. Uh, It's not that I don't think. I think it will hamper the war effort. It'll hamper our effort to get our hostages out because the only thing that works on these criminals in Hamas is the military pressure that we're exerting. If Hamas agrees to release the hostages, then there would be a pause. Well, there'd be a ceasefire for that purpose. Uh, And we're waiting for that to happen. It hasn't happened so far. Arkansas Republican Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders endorsed former President Donald Trump for a second term in a statement reported by NBC News on Monday. The governor, who served as the Trump administration's press secretary for two years and delivered the GOP's response to President Joe Biden's State of the Union speech in February, will officially announce her endorsement at a Wednesday Trump rally in Florida. Sanders slammed Biden and other Democrats in a statement to NBC News for doubling down on crazy and insisted that America must return Trump to the White House in 2024. CNN's Jake Tapper offers this view on how Hamas believes civilian casualties are martyrs. Justifying the death of innocents of civilians, that's an interesting turn of phrase. Something that has concerned us greatly, something that we have wondered about ever since Hamas brutally attacked so many Israeli civilians on October 7th, is what exactly did Hamas think the Israeli military would do in response to that? Did they not anticipate that Israel would retaliate? Did they not anticipate Israel would retaliate in a way that would cause innocent Palestinians in Gaza to die? Especially given the fact that, as has been established by Israeli intelligence, U.S. intelligence, and journalists who have visited Gaza, the fact that Hamas embeds within the Palestinian population. U.S. President Joe Biden has refused to call for a ceasefire in the Israeli-Hamas conflict, instead proposing a temporary humanitarian pause. Biden was speaking to an audience of some 200 people when a woman who was later identified as Rabbi Jessica Rosenberg stood up and called for a ceasefire. Video of the incident was shared by the Jewish Voice for Peace account on X, claiming that Rosenberg was speaking on behalf of thousands of Jewish Americans who refused to allow a genocide to be carried out in their name. TNT Radio's Patrick Henningsen describes it as a telling exchange.
This exchange is very telling here between a member of the audience and President Joe Biden recently at this event in Washington. Here you have a Jewish American, not only that, a rabbi, a religious person calling for a ceasefire, calling for a humanitarian pause, calling for an end to the violence and how this is met with the hostility in the media and from the political class in Washington is very interesting because these are the voices that are routinely suppressed, including in Israel itself. A number of Orthodox rabbis oppose Zionist expansion, oppose settlement expansion, and oppose the genocide which is currently being carried out by the Israeli occupation forces and Benjamin Netanyahu. But what's worse about this is it's with the full support of the United States. They're paying for it. They're literally supplying the bombs and at the same time suppressing Jewish voices for oh. peace. For TNT Radio, this is Patrick Henningsen. Oh, he's full of it, isn't he? Absolutely full of it. Absolutely full of it you are, Patrick. You're just an anti-Semite through and through. Anyway, I'll be back with the weather, and that's my lot for the day. And uh, might see you tomorrow, Lord willing. I want to create an actual prison infrastructure around you. And if people think this is a conspiracy theory, Oxford, England already has the 15-minute city implemented on the ground, everything there. It is the model for the rest of the world to follow. They have changed it into six so-called districts, just like the Hummer Games. In each district, they remove the majority of automobile lanes. The ones that are still available, they call them ultra-low emissions lanes. So you can only drive on them if you have an electric vehicle or you're a government vehicle. Now, between your district and the next district, they put physical traffic barricades, cement bollards that can come up from the ground when they don't want you to leave, and traffic cameras that not only monitor you, but take your license plate and will automatically fine you if you leave the district when you're not allowed, because they have lit times where you're allowed to leave and not. Well, it's not a conspiracy theory, is it? There it is, Oxford, England. Okay, let's have a look at the weather now, brought to you by Met Service. Uh, let's see, the extremes. Now, Kai Tyre is still 13.1, drops slightly. Oh, no, it's up, it's up, it's a little bit higher, 13.1, not bad. Waiuru is hovering around the 4.6 degrees, that's the lowest. Castle Point, still 80, 48 kilometres per hour there. Todjo's dyslexic, see, I read the 8 first. This is funny, isn't it? Taupo Airport has a 0.2 millimetres now, so it's eased off in Gisborne. Taupo's getting a, a bit of a, just a you know, bit light rain there, point two is hardly anything is it, temperatures right across the country single digits down the bottom there and pretty much all double digits apart from um, places like Christchurch um, Nelson, Queenstown Taupo, Rotorua, but everywhere else is in the double digits, oh Nelson too, I did say that didn't I yeah what are they going to call Nelson now, the Maoris if they get their way, Wakatu Mm, okay, we'll see, I don't think so uh, anyway, let's look at that short forecast. What are we coming up to seven minutes past, is it? Yes, seven minutes past seven, that's my lot. And so just to let you know what's happening with weather. Well, first of all, in Northland, showers becoming isolated this morning. Uh, I've got friends up in Northland there. They say it's quite nice at the moment, but that's expected to turn to custard. Auckland to Waikato, also a Coromandel Peninsula in the Bay of Plenty. Uh, remaining isolated showers clearing early this morning and then mainly fine weather for you. Uh, however, a few showers and uh, evening showers for the Bay of Plenty are possible along with thunderstorms as well possibly. Uh, for Gisborne and Hawke's Bay, rain in Gisborne and northern Hawke's Bay clearing this morning and then you've got fine spells and isolated showers throughout. Waitomo throughout what? The day I suppose. Waitomo to Wellington also for the Wairarapa including the central high country cloudy at times, isolated showers becoming confined to Manawatu and Taihapi this morning for Mul- 
Marlborough, Nelson and Buller, you have fine spells at first, isolated. Am I sounding condescending? I don't mean to. Sometimes I do. I hear myself like, you sound condescending. And I'm not, I'm not a condescending person. Ask all my ex-wives. <laughs> Whoops. Let the cat out of the bag, didn't I? Um, okay, Marlborough, Nelson, blah, 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 I've lost my train of thought. Um, have I done all of that, Marlborough? Mal- I'll do it again. Marlborough, Nelson and Buller. Fine spells at first, isolated showers this morning, becoming scattered this afternoon with some heavy and possibly thundery storms. Thunderstorms it is, not thundery. Thunderstorms, come speak it. Speak proper English, mate. Proper England. And Buller and Nelson, you've got it there. That Buller and Nelson might get some thunderstorms, but po- probably not. I don't know. They've, said, they've been saying that all year. And I don't think there's any, been any. Oh, well, there was some thunderstorms the other night. It was around about the 5th of November that I heard some thunder in the distance. But I think that might have been crackers going off, big explosions going off. Westland and Fiordland also for Canterbury. You've got morning cloud, but you're, then it's going to be pretty much fine weather apart from showers about in the high country. So it's all good for you down there. Otago and Southland, cloudy periods with isolated showers becoming scattered this morning. And then finally for the Chatham Islands, you've got rain easing tonight. So it's yeah, raining at the moment. That was just uh, issued just moments ago at two minutes past seven. So that is the latest. And for Thursday, for the North Island, cloudy periods, a few showers in the east and south. Mainly fine elsewhere with isolated showers tomorrow, mainly fine in the evening. For the South Island, you've got showers in the south, fine spells everywhere else with isolated showers, especially afternoon and evening. Some may be heavy as well. Friday doesn't look too bad. A few showers in the east. It's going to be clearing. Fine elsewhere. Got the odd shower on the north in the South Island on Friday. You've got fine weather in the south, fine spells elsewhere. Got the odd isolated shower. That's uh, going to be, where's that now? That's going to be, um, oh, my pellet's just shut on me and I can't open it. I can't talk for your nose now. Um, that's going to be mainly during the afternoon. Um, for Saturday, in the north, you've got generally fine weather. You've got a few cloudy areas in the west, and you've got a chance of a shower or two. Shower. And then the South Island, Saturday, you've got fine in the east and cloudy periods developing in the west, and also in the uh, you've got the odd shower as well. And Chathams, I don't know, um, really. How did they call it Chathams? I don't know. Mr Chatham. It's very interesting, isn't it, how it all, how it all works. So that's my lot. I will see you tomorrow morning, Lord willing. And uh, yes, and make sure you um, make sure you get saved before you die. The old rabbi said, you know, everyone should repent before they die. And the student said, but rabbi, we don't know what day we'll die. And he said, well, then you should repent today. Hey, why not give TNT Radio a follow? We sure would love you to do that. We're on all the social major social platforms, including, of course, Facebook, Twitter, now X. Instagram, Gab, and Getter, among others. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Why, why, why F us? Don't videotape me. I did not consent to be videotaped. You're walking around with hate speech. You're actively promoting anti-trans agenda by walking around with that. Like, you know what you're doing. Children cannot consent to puberty blockers. Children under the age of 18. You disagree with this sign? I 100% disagree with this sign. It is really critical to trust people at any age that they know what's going on. Yeah. So here's why I agree with this. I'm a mother of four. And I think children, there's a lot of things they can't consent to that we all agree on. They can't consent to getting married, signing up for the military, getting a tattoo. We all kind of agree that these are things that children are not equipped um, emotionally or mentally to understand long-term consequences. So we don't allow them to do that. So to me, a puberty blocker is something that will create long-term changes 
and issues for the child that they might one day regret. The results are in. The end-of-life choice referendum has been won 65.2%. Lo and behold, Winston's public referendum was the deciding factor and the bill was voted in. Some wily politics, some unconventional teamwork, and what many may call a complete dismissal of ethics got the job done in the end. Sadly, end-of-life choice, which should be a decision undergirded by Hippocratic principles, allowing the application of medical ethics, has now been moved into an arena that is purely legal in its context. Our doctors have been absolutely violated and turned into agents of death against their will. You're listening to the Liberty NZ Breakfast with Grant Edwards. The Wireless, today's best country.